This episode is brought to you by the Project Manga Patreon, the best way for viewers to support the project and allow us a means to keep providing new and quality content to our subscribers. Go to patreon.com slash projectmanga and find out more about the perks we have available to patrons, including early access to all of our content and exclusive videos like behind-the-scenes footage and additional manga reviews. That's patreon.com slash projectmanga. All right, let's get into the episode. Welcome back to the Project Manga Podcast, where we cover One Piece, My Hero, Black Clover, Marshall, Dr. Stone, and Jujutsu Kaisen week to week. Back this week covering Weekly Shonen Jump issue number 48. I'm your host, Eagle. Knox. And I'm Mela Yenis. And as always, before we get started, we would ask that you take a look in that description box down below where you can find links to any and all of our individual social media accounts, such as Twitter, online communities, such as Discord. Whatever audio listening platform you listen to podcasts on regularly, you can find us there. The link will be there. As well as ways to support the podcast, such as our Patreon or our online store. Yes. And while you're down there, slap a like on the video and subscribe to the channel for more weekly fire-ass content. And, uh, yeah, with all those... Oh, also timestamps to conveniently, conveniently navigate the video and avoid segments for series you're not caught up in yet. Mm-hmm. Always fucking forget that part. With that yeah. said... <laughs> How are y'all feeling about this week in jump? Short week. Short, yeah. In brief. Jump. Short, Short but sweet. Yeah. Four Short chapters. Sweet. No jujitsu kaisen, no, no marshal. Or marshal. Oh, no, ju- no jujitsu hurts, but I feel like a lot happened. Yeah. Every- a lot happened in everything else, so. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. So, uh, yeah, yeah, we absolutely. might as well just get right into it. Yeah. Chapter 216 of Dr. Stone, Hello World. Yes. Which, uh, this chapter title really brought me back to the original opening for the anime. Oh, yeah. Good Morning World? Oh, hi-yo, Sekai, good morning, world! Yeah, yeah. yeah it does kind of, yeah, now, now that you mention it, it does remind me of that. I mean, Hello and Good Morning are a little bit different, but I feel yeah, like that's still, I feel like that's still a, uh, a play on, on that song, potentially. A nod to it. Or a nod to it, rather, yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, was that was that song? Uh, Good morning, starshine. The world says hello. I don't know that song. Who's that? I don't remember off the top of my head, to oh, be honest. Oh, I know it's it referenced. From? I thought it was referenced in um, Willy Wonka, to be honest. Oh damn! Uh, Could, be. Could be a thing. Yeah, but um, we start the chapter back off pretty much with Senku and Zeno kind of doing their thing, and then Chrome realizing that this shit is no easy task right yeah and it's it's funny because i thought i mentioned something about him trying to like really study the way that they're doing things and like derive a way to create the rocket that they're trying to based on what they're doing right which is pretty much exactly what he's doing he's like we got to study all the shit they're doing you know all these minute adjustments they're making like what went wrong what did they have to fix what did they have to make yeah yeah um, but it still just doesn't feel like a possible task. Yeah, I was gonna ask you guys. So, like, what do you think they're gonna? What do you think they're doing? You think that they're trying to build their two-way vessel by the time that Senku and them finish their one-way vessel, so that he can say, "Yo, you guys, 
you guys were working on that we were working on this we got the two-way joint ready like let's let's use this one instead or do you guys think that they're gonna go in the one-way rocket and then, and then they'll come and then they'll come pick them up on the two-way like way sooner like than they petrify themselves what'd you say so like so what if like senku goes with the one man rocket mm -hmm. i think we touched about it on a couple earlier episodes oh maybe um, but like senku goes up in the one-way rocket with his team they defeat y-man and then they petrify themselves and then the group builds the two-way rocket to pick them up oh yeah and yeah. like I, I thought that would be like a really nice like ending to a series because it's like hey you know it's not all about the one person it's not about the person that invented it science is about inheriting knowledge and like right. working on it improving on that layering it and then just like the idea of the people that were taught and learned under these people were able to save the heroes was like a very um satisfying concept yeah. to me i feel like that might take away imagine? from like some of the stakes of like the moon trip actually though because it's like if, if chrome and Sweek are are chilling here back on earth and we know that they've been working on this two-way rocket the entire time we know that they're going to eventually figure it out or at least we can safely assume that so if they go up on one rocket and leave chrome and Sweeka behind then we know that no matter like what really goes down there'd have to be hella subversions actually on the moon because it's like, if it's that predictable, the, the course of events, that I feel like that doesn't make for a good final arc because it's like, it's so obvious that they'll go up there, mm -hmm. beat Y-Man, get petrified, and then Chrome will pull up on his two-way rocket like right after the fact or shortly after the fact. And then it's uh, like I was thinking like a long time after the fact. I think like it could, Chrome's yeah, an old I was, man. Yeah, I was thinking like, okay. how oh, fire wow. would it be if the last panel of the series is like literally Senku opening eyes from the petrification? to yeah. see like a 60 or a 50 60 year old chrome you know that'd what I'm be saying? insane like, but i feel like that's like yeah he's like yo science user chrome yeah he got here quicker than i expected hey you know i could see saying? that though i can in, in one lifetime yeah a fucking yeah. stone world like science user quote unquote but mm -hmm. like glorified fucking you know magician still yeah. kind mm -hmm. of he's got a lot of knowledge but like as far as applying that knowledge like yeah really kaseki and senku are the ones building most of the shit like we talked about he definitely has built some shit like i'm not trying to disrespect chrome but yeah for sure as far as building a fucking rocket i do think I, it's gonna take him a while it, it should take him a while i i can totally see that line of dialogue happening the exact way that you just kind of painted it but i feel like that's literally the exact kind of situation that Chrome is trying to avoid by building this ship because like that's what Senku originally said he's like we're three of us are gonna go up there beat Y-Man and then get petrified until somebody else can build a fucking rocket come pick us up and then you know de-petrify us with liquid or whatever and and everyone was talking about how long that would take and like Gen doesn't want to see that happen and have them yeah. be on the moon for 50 years you know what I mean like Chrome is working as diligently well, I mean, I mean, as he I is I think the right implication now. was like hundreds of years until oh, somebody sure. can act like i don't think he was i think he was implying like in none of your lifetimes will you ever see me again oh like, right 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 mm -hmm. okay yeah that that was more the vibes i took from it because you know like most of these people aren't building a rocket senku's really the one mm -hmm. out here flexing yeah no you're right i think that i think that is exactly what they said is that it'll take so long to come up here and build another rocket and come pick us up that i will never see any of you guys again and obviously that's what no one wants so if chrome figures it out with suika over the course of like 
an extremely long amount of time, but still inside of their lifetime, then then that slaps pretty hard. Plus, that would put Chrome on like such a new level of appreciation. Being yes. being stone born and in your lifetime achieving the, the final to the moon, the literal final invention of the like wild genius century. That, like like Senku is like. 17 einsteins or some shit you know what i mean mm -hmm. like yeah. like like and he had all of that time in the modern world to kind of cook and you know and and and, and bring himself to the point that he that he's at so to bring a stone world you know individual up to the point where you can build a return rocket to come pick you up from that final arc would be insane for chrome's character absolutely i think mm -hmm. that that would be i think that, that might be like the way that it kind of tries to go but at the same time Dr. Stone has been so good on the unpredictable side of things yes, throughout its yeah. entire series. So I just can't see the final stretch of storytelling being that easy to, to kind of just figure out. You know what I mean? So that's why I was saying there's yeah. got to be like hella subversions yeah. actually on the moon. But like, I just don't want it with one conversation for the entire like course of that stretch of storytelling oh yeah known, just have it completely encapsulated yeah yeah um, i mean i feel like richiro is really good at like playing with expectations as, yeah, a, for a sure. bit mm -hmm. and like being able to find tension in places that one wouldn't expect like they're not beholden to the genre to draw from like a lot of the familiar archetypes to create tension right um part of me wonders if they'll have a point where like the group will have like hey as a community we want you to hold the fuck up and wait till we have a two-way rocket right because you're one of us like don't throw yourselves away we're not gonna like you didn't leave any of us behind you brought back so many people from petrification modern world stone world alike like you came back for us we're we want to come back for you so like don't like have that kind of tension of will and them being like talked out of like going yeah. to the one-way death trip to the moon right yeah, like, suicide mission and i feel like that would be impactful too because i feel like um it's hard to argue against good intentions right and so like i could see like a lot of tension happening that way yeah yeah no me too i like that the rocket senku number seven is the one that manages to like get there without breaking it's like ah lucky number seven lucky number seven yeah yeah yeah, <laughs> yeah. i like a little shit like that 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 dr stone does there's probably like and I'm even like rereading re Dr. Stone a little bit, or I have been over the last couple of months and just like seeing all the little like in between the lines shit that Rijiro and Boichi like just like stuffed in there for anybody who <laughs> cared enough about their story to find is just like beautiful. Like I love that about like certain stories. I don't have any real examples off the top of my head right now, but I just like thought about that inside of a story like Dr. Stone where they fit so much inside of every page. You know what I mean? So many different characters have to exist in one chapter, and so meant so much storytelling has to happen for each of them and the overarching plot that like a lot of that like visual stuff kind of gets lost in the sauce. But mm -hmm. uh I just remembered like inside of a translator note in the gutter of like a chapter, they talked about fucking quap in the in the Treasure Island arc, like in regard to uh the oh the, punching uh, in 
yeah, uh, for the for the for the drone. drone. Yeah, for yeah. the drone. It, it had it had four levers. You know what I mean? Two on the left, two on the right. He's like kind of like quap, and I was like, oh my god, like yo, yeah. like the fucking like track and field like muscle simulator like or whatever for like thighs and like you know mm -hmm. and and shins or whatever like that throwback ass flash yeah. game. Yeah, just like little shit like that. Yeah. I think I actually brought up. I think I actually brought that up recently in these reviews, but I just love little shit like that in Doctor. Man, Stone. I wonder if that game's still out there floating around on like yes. Internet Arcade or like Newgrounds or some shit. Just like I don't know about Newgrounds, but if you, if you Google Quap, like you could play it right now. Like I just played oh, yeah. it like the other day when I read that chapter. Yeah, like Quap's nice. Quap's definitely still a thing. I got like I got like seven meters. <laughs> I think I got like I got think I got the seven meters before I gave up on it, but yeah, Quap was Quap was some shit. This but, this chapter yeah. had so many double spreads. It did. I'm 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 for it. <laughs> I feel like it definitely felt like condensed the thing, but like like you said earlier, Doctor Stone is so good at condensing so many things. It's almost yeah. like um, like not on the level of like a Where's Waldo, but it is like a lot of information. Yeah. All at once, it. I feel like that's just kind of in keeping with the theme of the series. Right. Um, it's honestly like, like so impressive how Boichi is able to have the pages breathe enough despite yeah. that. You know what I mean? Like there's so much in every page, in every chapter. But like, I'm not going to lie. Sometimes it can feel a little cluttered. But like by and yeah. large, like he knows how to let the pages breathe despite that. You know what I mean? So yeah. That's like really five weird. pages until the like title intro into a double spread. Like, yeah. and I think that's pretty solid. Like you managed to like, you know, fit in the equivalent of like five more years of rockets, at least yeah, maybe like eight years worth of rockets. Yeah. Just like, boom, five pages, boom, boom, boom. Let's go. I do agree. Cause like six and seven kind of feel cluttered yeah. and sort of like eight and nine, but like yeah. the 10 and 11 spread was really nice. I like that because, like, I'm a big nerd for like fictional geography. landscaping, like ge yeah. geography. The ge yeah, the geographical change really was interesting. Yeah, seeing 58th century so cool. in text form yeah. was like insane. Like, even Gen said it, he's like, We knew that already, but like, you know, still, like, seeing it, like, now that we're mm -hmm. talking about it, like, that's wild. Like, we went from the 20th century, 21st century to the 58th. Oh, yeah. You know what it's, I mean? Like that's it's wild like to see seeing, that. Um, yeah. Like a trillion grains of rice. Yeah. Right. To like, like I saw a guy do that to like explain like the difference between like a hundred, a thousand, a billion, right, a million, trillion dollars, and it's like it's just grains of rice, and I'm like, fuck, that's Ooh, a lot. Like, holy I, shit. you're right. My brain literally cannot fathom that yeah. size. Yeah. <laughs> oh man. That's insane to think. I think I saw somebody say one time, like, if you wanted to spend a billion dollars. And let's say you like spent like ten thousand dollars a day every day, like you wouldn't even come close to spending the entirety of that money in your lifetime, your kids' lifetime, or your grandkids' lifetime, or something. Ten thousand like dollars a day. That's insane, insane. to think about. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, that's just makes nuts. it makes you look at like if that's true. Like I haven't done the math on it. It sounds right. I'm not a numbers guy, but like if that's true, yeah, just I makes can't you, the numbers makes, you, makes you look at billionaires like so much differently in the world. Mm -hmm. I mean, shit, like ten thousand dollars is like a life changing amount of money, and like for a lot of don't people, get that unless they like get like a fucking inheritance, like a rich right. relative dies. Yeah, yeah, ten thousand dollars at once is a 
not you know ten thousand dollars in one day is not a very common thing i mean a lot of people you're right i could do twenty thousand. what's the what's the math you're doing the math what's it say what's the math say i mean a thousand like a billion is like a thousand millions right so like if you take a million divided by ten thousand that's only a hundred days so I would figure around 10,000 days you could spend $10,000 a day and before you ran through the billion. Sure. Which is... I'm like looking up like 10,000 times 365. And then, so that gives you like $3,650,000. So... 20, 27 years you could spend $10,000 a day before you ran through a billion. Okay, so then twenty-seven years. I don't I'm think I don't barely think I was, that old. Yeah, I don't think I was anywhere near the mark on that. But it was some crazy. I don't. Maybe I'm just not saying the stat right then. Or something. Maybe I got my math a little off, but that's how it seems to me based no, on the math I'm right. doing. That feels right. If anybody's ever heard of that, like ten thousand dollars a day thing, like let me know how I fucked up on that. But I'm not going to spend too much more time on that. <laughs> but, but yeah, yeah, man. Fucking satellite looks fucking dope. Yep, way the, more yeah. modern than i thought it would oh, well the yeah. first satellite comes out and it's like a lot of the um Basics. A, a lot of the a lot of the stuff is kind of like hidden by the solar panels you know what i mean mm -hmm. then you get like the the big one you know on 12 and 13 the actual space telescope or whatever the big rig yeah you know what i mean and it's definitely got a lot of solar panels on it as well but yeah the, the design does look a lot more modern than anything else that they've built but i mean like what's the stone world version of this like this is this is science that's so top level modern and so advanced yeah. that you can't make a stone world version of this they're like using it, actual yeah. you can't do flint suns your way yeah through this, yeah like, like you have a hydroelectric dam creating energy for you guys like yeah. you're you're past that point um oh man like i love the tiny tiny details like um page 1213 they have the perseus india the perseus spain i like when yep. they throw yes the, they throw senku in the air from the brit like the deck of the ship because they're just like yeah yeah we, we did, it. did it we don't have any we gatorade but we could throw you in the air <laughs> <Woo>. <laughs> yeah i Neat. love that just little like subtle shit like that yeah mm -hmm. you know what i mean like that's so in between the lines like how many people even notice that probably a lot but like i could see that going Unnoticed. Like they're literally like throwing him in the air on a tiny sliver panel in a double spread yeah little shit like that i love that shit bro man like the coral reefs like at being added to australia yeah i was like ah nature's healing love that stuff i know yeah. right and you, you know. needed you know you needed the science consultant you know curare you know, love them. They they're always referenced, yeah. but like they they had to put that on the page that's talking about how all of these things would change. You know, over thirty seven hundred years time. You know, what I mean? you got to make sure. Activity. Yeah, you got to make sure that's accurate. So you're not just like saying like you know fictional fantasy stuff about how long time has passed. Like yeah, a couple countries you know melded into each other because it's been thirty seven hundred years. It's like would that actually happen? Karare will let us know. This is probably how these things would actually react given the circumstances, 3,700 years deserts. in the future. Hmm? I was just going to say, the majority of Africa's deserts are now savannas and forests. Fire. Hell yeah. yeah, I liked the whole <laughs> Yellowstone exploding. 
after all this time because like you get like mount saint helen stuff like that and i i think it's always interesting it's like we have cities at the bases of a lot of volcanoes where it's just like yeah this is not going to be here like 300 years <laughs> like, yeah yeah and a lot of things probably would have lasted longer if there was any kind of like you know manpower keeping it sustained obviously mm, you know what i mean yeah. so yeah i don't know um I was wondering, like, what fucking mountain range are they talking about in America? The Gallatin Mountains? Oh, Galatian? Galatian? But it looks like it's there where the Rockies are. Kinda. Yeah. It's a mountain range inside of the Rocky Mountains. Okay, yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. I didn't even think about mountain ranges inside of mountain ranges. That's got to be a thing. No, obviously. the Rockies is so big. Never thought about yeah, that before. Yeah, it spans yeah. two continents. Stupid big. Yeah, yeah that makes, yeah, it makes all the sense in the world. Two fucking countries. Yeah, that's insane. Yeah, it's always weird to see perspective because, like, it turns out, like, Belgium can fit in, like, side of, like, places as big as Connecticut or something like that. Holy shit. Right? I mean, I'm I don't know cuz like yeah. at the same time I know that our maps are actually like the wrong size and proportion. Mm. They are taught like they're we are actively taught in a different way like but still um, like getting those perspectives about like how big things actually are, like how many of one thing that you know is already huge can fit inside of another thing that you never thought about how so much of europe can fit inside texas right like shit like that like if you watch uh you watch the original cosmos documentary with carl sagan and he talks about the cosmic calendar you know what i mean and like mm -hmm. universe is 14 and a half billion years old or whatever and then like if you put that inside of a calendar you know what i mean like from january 1st to december 31st everything humanity has done when you put it to scale, it's occupies nothing. the last second of December 31st. Yeah. 11.59 and 59 seconds. That's the last second is everything that humanity has ever done in the entire time that they've existed. That's wild. <laughs> Damn. Oh, yeah. Man. <laughs> oh, man. Yeah blows your mind but like is some shit yeah uh speaking of perspective <clears throat> kahaku has crazy eyesight like i know that yeah. she was supposed to be like a superhuman kind of like person but like they're like yeah they spotted an oil patch from like a single photograph and i'm just like wait what yeah like once her vision <laughs> it's like not 2020 it's like 20 and then like 1.5 or some shit <laughs> <laughs> they, they legitimately plus. yeah hold on one second kohaku's vision but i also like that idea that like that's actually touching on it like that's a small like storytelling thing that implies a lot more going on in the background like right. just a small thing and it's just just a little small thing that like implies a lot of information and it's just like perfect that's how they're just compressing a ton of storytelling Bro, that's like, hilarious. Yeah. I looked up, like, Kohaku's vision in Google, and, like, I went to this search result. That was, like, six amazing things you need to know about Kohaku, and, like, all of the images related to each point is just, like, you know... Uh, oh, no, I guess not every single one. They've got yeah, some Boichi drawings eyes. in here. But I, like, well, no, like, I get to, like, number one, she's an amazing fighter, and it's just, like, borderline, like, hentai drawing of 
of Kohaku, and it's like, dude, there's so many drawings you can just grab from the manga. Like, why do you need like they knew what they? Why were do you need doing. like big titty, like superfluously round ass, like fan art to like talk we're about how good of a fighter business. she is? Yeah, we're in the click business, sucks baby. <laughs> It ain't oh. a clean game. It's the game we're in. That's you know, hilarious. I don't know, man. Like, it's it's hard to. People are crazy. Yeah. Um, no, I really, like, I really like want to get the. Oh yeah, I'm sorry. Keep going. Keep going. The moon base being in like the shadow of the crater on the moon. Yes. And I was like, ah, nice, hidden, in plain sight, intrusive. And then like on the big spread, like eighteen, nineteen. Has the Y-Man always had, like, two rows of teeth? Yes. Okay, I was just like, man, that's creepy. Yeah. I feel like that's been there the entire time, but I yeah. had to double-check, you know? It's just like, like, how can we make the representation of, like, an entity that we know almost nothing about, but only know through their imposing, you know what I mean, like, ominous, like, presence you know existence. presence yeah yeah you know what i mean like how do we represent that in imagery and it's just giant creepy skull with like multiple rows of teeth yes. yeah yeah i mean it's it's straight up the uncanny valley like it's really well done just like hey how can we creep you out and it's with the amazing. least amount of details as possible right. go double teeth Ugh, you're right that's kind of gross <laughs> right I'm like so mad that I can't get the actual like legitimate like um reading on oh, Kohaku's eyesight like from the I chapter hate the or episode. I hate the yeah, like I'm just you got you see it? Yeah. No, it's that comic book like CBR. I'm just like no. Oh, why no, are no, you no, like no, this? no, 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 no. Yeah, get out of here. <laughs> I see too many of those things. I'm like I don't even like read any of the articles anymore. I'm like okay, you know, I'll find like a good Twitter thread or something like that, but I'm just like, meh. Hit me, hit me in the in the comments though. Like anybody who remembers or like wants to take the time Please. to like research that, like tell us exactly what Kohaku's <laughs> vision is because it was something drastic as fuck, like twenty slash like one point five or something insane like that. So that's human evolution. <laughs> yeah, <Right. laughs> yeah, for real. I mean, yeah, that that's like straight up humanity after so many years, as, as so many generations going, going, going. That's evolution, right. straight up. Yeah, for sure. Absolutely. Oh, man. I don't know if I had anything else for Dr. Stone this week, though. No, I think Honestly, they just put so much in so little, and it's just like, man, bam, 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 but, like, really cool stuff, hard-hitting, like... Absolutely. <sighs> Can't wait for the next accelerating. Because, like, all of these, like, you know what I mean? As much of that happens in these Dr. Stone chapters, until we get to the moon, they all feel like setup chapters, even though, like, yeah. hella character arcs are being, you know, like, kind of, like, delved into, and, like, all of this, like, other extra shit is, like, happening, and they're achieving accomplishments, and, like, all I of these inventions are happening. back to first. Right, yeah, that's a good point, too. If they're going to loop back to anything. Yeah. Are yeah. they going to be like, hey, you know... Uh, I believe I'm going on a one-way ticket and I'm never going to see you guys again. I want to resolve these things before I go. Like mm, That's a good one. Like, the idea is, like, I can't go and die in space with, with the regrets yeah. kind of thing. And I feel like that might be an arc that might pop up. And then, like, the clash of just, like, hey, give us time to do the two-way rocket. I wonder if um, they're going to, like, start the trip to space... And then because all of that storytelling can be wrapped up 
pretty quickly, especially if Y-Man is actually AI, you know what I mean? Mm -hmm. Then, like, what kind of, you know, what kind of storytelling can we really expect once they actually get to the moon if the dude's just a century turret, you know what I mean? So thinking about that and obviously Richiro Mr. Can, House. Can, yeah Richiro can do like whatever the fuck he wants you know what I mean and like that and it all and all it'll all be fire but just based on the information that we're kind of going off of right now with the theory that you know why man is just a robot you know what I mean that doesn't really have its own you know motivations or sentience even you know what I mean mm -hmm. like if we're going off that that makes me think that the actual like moon based storytelling won't be like all that crazy there are a lot of things that have to be tied up in the actual story of of dr stone i want to assume as far as the characters are concerned like you could very easily just like wrap everything up inside of like camaraderie and accomplishments and not delve into anyone's like personal story like all too much as far as wrapping things up in their character goes yeah. but like I'm thinking maybe they go to the moon and then take, you know, some time to give us some introspective stuff related to the characters that are still on earth yeah, before they like go back. Yeah. Yeah. Or, and, or maybe just like, you know, now that they're going to the moon, everybody else is going to get like character, like super crazy character driven stuff, like back here on the moon or on earth. And then we go back to the moon and like wrap everything up and then oh, do some epilogue yeah. stuff. But it could also just be a situation where it's like, you know, split, storytelling you know what i mean like as far as like yeah. uh, plot points go like you have moon plot earth plot both going back and for back and forth throughout you know the next however many chapters until the series concludes it could be a situation like that that's probably more um you know it's probably more likely just considering like the history of like shown yeah. storytelling at this point in the, in the game you know what i mean there's a lot of and man yeah you never know you know what i mean but like I, it I, could go one of two ways logically i want to say yeah. yeah i have this like little bit of a, like a scene in my head that kind of popped up recently that like i think that like when they get to the moon base there's no dialogue and it's just them walking through halls checking things out and then, like, the first line of dialogue is, like, the Y-Man. Yeah. Like, on the last page or something like that. And That then would be crazy if, if they'd went, like, no dialogue spooky. with it. Because it's, like, that, like, you know, kind of... <clears throat> kind of has to do with, like, you know, the emptiness of, like, space. You know what I mean? And, like, mm -hmm. vacuums and whatnot. It's, like, no Similar sound. The vacuum, the horror, yeah. the unknown. Yeah, like... you know what I mean? If they go on, you know, the moon and there's just, like, no dialogue for, like, 90% of a chapter until... They like find you know the the Y man base like location and then there's from that point on it's yeah. just like you know internal monologues of like what people are thinking. I'm assuming they're gonna have some way to communicate with each other inside of their astronauts. I think they're suits. gonna have an intercom system. I think yeah, some kind of shit. Like I mean, that. at this yeah, point, yeah. they have to because yeah, like yeah. they they can they can beam visuals from a satellite. They can, right. they can make an intercom system. Yeah, for sure, for sure. <laughs> But that would oh, still man. be that would still be crazy. Like that would be chilling as hell. Like, if if just for the like theater of it, you know what I mean? Yeah. Like, it's just a dialogue. Just for the moment, because like yeah, I feel like no dialogue um, chapter for the most part. I worry crazy. about series that like build up and they have their ending, and they don't let it breathe. They never yeah, sure. let like the endings breathe. And I was like, oh man, that was a huge climax. That took fifteen pages. And then we're <laughs> the climax is over. Okay, yeah. was it good for you too? Like, thanks for sticking around for two years. Like, <laughs> uh, yeah. fine. Yeah. Like, I'm, I, know, think I think that they'll knock this out of the park. No, I think I think they'll knock it out of the park. You definitely yeah. have a, a, like 
all the reason in the world to like feel that way about the potential ending of Doctor Stone, but I feel <laughs> like Doctor Stone has done is so much to let us know that this ending is planned, thoughtful, you know what I mean, and yeah. and 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 they're excited for it, you know what I mean. So like that's all I really need. I, take the wheel, Richiro and Boichi, just bring me there, and then we can talk about it. Like it's fun to speculate, absolutely. But like going back once again to like the unpredictable nature of the series, it's like how much are we really gonna get right based on what the series has laid out for us up until yeah. this point? You know, especially just looking yeah. back on the series historically and all the things that you couldn't possibly have predicted unless you were a literal physicist, Nostradamus, a, yeah, or or yeah, or clairvoyant. You know what I mean? Like 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 there's just so much that has to do with the ending of a story like this that makes me think like there's no chance in hell that we're going to be able to 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 guess exactly how this is going to be handled or come anywhere close to it but we'll see obviously yeah but yeah that's all yeah. i had yeah me as well well with that i think we can go ahead and move right into chapter 311 of black clover make it home alive <clears throat> and uh this chapter i mean it was a chapter that's for sure. It was a chapter. It exists. No, I'm just fucking around. <laughs> <laughs> I'm just no, like, no, no. What am I supposed to do? No, nah, dude, this was <laughs> like this was like fine. I mean, like it follows kind of like you know, like what everybody who reads Black Clover has kind of been knowing that the storytelling will kind it's of eventually like build towards right after a certain while. It's like we knew that Morris was was going to be you know one of the after triad at least big bads if not like the actual big bad of the of the arc you know what i mean it's see it feel, I, th I feel like we could safely assume that this is the last major obstacle of the spade invasion arc but like we all knew it was going towards morris you know what i mean so it's cool yeah. to actually see him activate now uh this giant like mouth on the forehead is crazy yeah. yeah. That panel was like wild. Like Lucifero is already like looking like really cool to me as far as his influence over Morris. Um I like that it's it's kind of creepy because like on page ten and eleven, the mouth's open and you can see inside it and it's just this nebulous empty space. It's like yeah. is this a hollow man? Like the implication is like, oh, this yeah. is a hollow man. He's just a skin suit, a mouthpiece, and he's a literal mouthpiece because he's like, mech. hey man, he's like, I'm just the messenger. He's not yeah. even like, I'm not even the big, I'm not the big deal here. I'm just the messenger, but you're going to have to listen to what I have to say. Yeah. Um, so like, honestly, I like, I like that upon introduction, this guy has become much more ominous and like, I, I feel like as an antagonist, I like him a lot better than a lot of the initial, like, Spade Kingdom big bads sure. so far. Yeah. And I don't know, I, I'm trying to think about why. I think and a I lot think of it might have to, oh yeah, go ahead, go ahead. Willing to be open. Oh, sure. Like, he's just very open, and he's just like, oh, I'm not even trying to, like, play coy. Like, he's just, like, he talks a bit shit about, like, Megacula. He's like, yeah, I know, they tried to use our back door and, like, sneak out, but they got punished for it. Oh well, like yeah. just kind of like the way they're just very candid. They're like, yeah, don't, don't worry about these guys. They're right. they were cool, I guess. They did their thing. Yeah, I think but a lot I'm of it is because of that. You know what I mean? Like Morris yeah. was kind of just like this guy who was there in the background while the Dark Triad were kind of doing their thing, like he was supposed to be. 
And but mm-hmm. you knew that there was going to be something with that character a little bit later on. And now that we're actually seeing it, and he's kind of approaching the situation with like a, I knew the Dark Triad would try things like this. Oh, it looks like they tried to you know hit the back door on us, like you were just saying, and like that didn't work. They got punished, whatever. You know what I mean? Like the 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 confidence of the mistakes that the previous villains made makes you know this dude feel that much more imposing, just as like you know, someone who has a better grasp of the game than even the Dark Triad with their devil yeah. influences did. So that works in that way for sure. I like it because even though he's like <clears throat> talking down on them and he's like, I'm better than them, he still has this thing. Like, I'm just the messenger, man. Like, yeah. it, it, I like villains that aren't like absolute megalomaniacs. Like, I am the peak. I am the strongest. Yeah. And they're like... I, you're only the strongest until you run into a dude that's stronger than you. But a yeah. guy who's just like, I'm pretty fucking strong. And I'm just a guy yeah. who's doing his job. Right. Don't worry about me. Worry about what's behind me. That's yeah. way scarier, right? Yeah, like, for sure. I feel like him losing feels more impactful. Yeah, um, yeah. Do you guys remember <clears throat> the dude at the, the circlet's name? Lotus? I don't... Wait, Circlets? His name is Lotus? Oh. <laughs> wait, wait, where, where, where? You I'm... don't interest me, Lotus, but if you track your betrayal, I'll spare you. Yeah, this is this is, this is oh, yeah, the dude. He's got, the like, smoke magic. He's like a... The, yeah, yeah. He's from got... the, uh, the Ark with Mars. Yeah, yeah. I, I didn't uh, know... Oh, yeah, yeah that does make sense. Yeah, yeah, that does make sense. I remember him. Like, his I face, broke but his I was just shit. like, where does he... I didn't remember... Again. I didn't remember this dude at first until I, like, really, like, sat... Like, when I... Because I kind of, like, went through the chapter at first in the scan, and I just, like, you know, wasn't really reading it just to get through it and, like, kind of, mm-hmm. like, see what happened. But then I read it in the official, and I see this name again, like, Lotus, and I'm like, I swear to God, <clears> like, we know this dude. Mm-hmm. And this is... Yeah, I'm is... fairly sure... Because, yeah, because he has diamonds on his vest as well. This is definitely the Diamond Kingdom. Um, He's got, like, smoke magic. He has smoke magic. He has smoke magic. Yeah, like ash magic or something like that. Ash magic, maybe. And in the dungeon arc, he was fighting Asta, and he broke his shit with the sword in that funny-ass panel where his whole body is, like, bent like this, and he's like, oh, shit, he broke my arm and ribs. Oh, Yeah. (laughs) Wait, yeah, I do remember that. I didn't remember he that. Had he had to like a, skirt yeah. out of there on the smoke cart or whatever the fuck it was. <laughs> he made like yeah. a vehicle out of his magic and like skirted out of there. Yeah. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. No, I definitely, um, the, I mean, the diamonds obviously all over the outfit are a dead giveaway that he's a Diamond Kingdom dude, but um, I didn't remember that he was like involved in the Mars, in the Mars like dungeon storytelling though. I, I honestly I was about to say that yeah. he was before before I, I remembered the smoke stuff, I was gonna say like, yeah, this is that dude with like the uh the undying magic, like the zombie magic. You can like raise you or whatever, but no, that's like Oh no that's not fucking that guy. He, that's the dude on like, you know, licked or Patry's team or yeah, whatever. He, in the, he was the one with like the really shaggy long hair. And yeah, like and it's not like patch. Veto or anything. I don't remember Veto is like the dude with like, the beast magic, right? Or something. The beast magic, yep. Yeah, but the other one, oh, ah, it starts with like an R, I think. I could easily just Google. Oh, this. you're what talking about? Um, Raya? Oh, I know who you're talking about. Raya. Yeah. Uh, no, no Raya's Raya. like the copy mage, isn't he? Yeah. You can like copy your shit. No, 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 no. I'm yeah. talking about a dude whose magic is actually like undead. Not Sally. Like, not it's the not Sally. Mage that they rock with, but it's fucking not Veto. Eye patch. 
He has like the the undead. Yeah, I want to say it's knife. like Rakdos, but I know that that's not it. That's like a Magic the Gathering thing, but it's like you could literally <laughs> yeah. easily just Google it. I don't know why I'm not just Googling it right now. But like, what do I Google? Oh yeah, undead magic black clover. Black clover. Rades. Yes. Yeah, Rades Spirito. Yes. That's a tight. That's a tight name. I didn't know his last name was. Spirito. Spirito, I didn't either. <laughs> soul corpse magic. Mentioned. Yeah, soul corpse magic. No, I mean, if, it has to have been mentioned if we have the last name in the wiki. I mean, it could have just been in like a, like an author. Oh, know, sure. Whatever. Yeah, like a like an all extra or something. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. I was gonna say SBS, but I was like, I don't know if Tabata got it like that. They didn't get it. <laughs> <laughs> the, the, Yo, the fans be doing the, me. the fans be doing the SBS's forum. For real. <laughs> Man, no. It... But yeah, so... nah, nah. This is tight though. This is tight though. I like the Morris stuff. I like I like Lotus since we're talking about Lotus. It's cool that he's sitting there, he's got his arm ripped off, there's blood coming out or whatever. He's getting fucked up by this dude. But I like that it's cool how Morris is um whatever this magic is that it's that's affecting everything around him like on this double spread at first i thought like yo is he like spawning these no, demons but no it looks like, like he's like he's eating dead. them i feel like it's like the, like absorbing like if his, them if you look at his um uh eyes and his like grimoire there's like a black spot and there's all these branches that come out or like the idea of like a spindle so i was wondering if He's using basically like a form of like connection magic, and that's why he's able to deal with what he calls intangible concepts. So he's like modification magic, because he's able to like, um, like affect intangible concepts like dreams. So he destroys like the dream demons, and then connect like links up with them with his magic, and then once he does that, he can kind of rearrange them as he wants. I mean, I think it just, the devil's power, like, amplified his, I think this modification magic is, I don't know, because he's the doctor, right? We've seen him, like, operate on people. Yeah, and Dante he had some was the one who of, asked like, him, I want a devil's heart. Hmm. The, the kid asked him, was like, hey, man, I want a devil's heart. When he failed to keep up his promise with his uh, Asta parallel, you know, he was like, hey, man, I need power. I need strength. Like, give me strength. And he's the guy who, like, did it for them. Yeah. So, I, I wonder if, like, is it just modification magic? Or if it's, like, a different kind of... It could be just modification. I don't know. It sounds it's broken, normal. though. Like, the devil's power hadn't made my... If the devil's power hadn't made my magic able to affect intangible concepts. Like, that's wild. That's wild. Yeah, so he but can I, modify I, intangible concepts, like... Yeah, and, like, that's, like, super broken as, like, up to our current understanding of the series. Like, yeah, just so like the like, word... De just like the world... The word devil. Zagred, right? Yeah. Just like Zagred's yeah, magic. Yeah, Zagred you know what I mean? was like, a hard boss. But that, that's what worries me, though, is that, like, Zagred was introduced and it was, like, word magic and it was, like, well, how the fuck are they gonna deal with that? You know what I mean? Like, that seems, like, the way that they're explaining mm -hmm. this seems, like, wildly broken and crazy. Like, there's nothing that we've seen in the story that should let us think that they should be able to deal with something like that. 
And then I think it was a combination of anti-magic and dimensional, you know, slash technique from Yami plus whatever Yuno did. It was like a super crazy team attack that, you know, combined everything together and then they cut yep. through Zagdred or whatever at the end of, of the Elf arc or whatever. So it's like now yeah. I'm wondering, like, how do they beat this then? You know what I mean? Because Yami is still alive, yeah. obviously. We can assume that he's going to be saved by the team that's coming in to rescue him. That would be crazy if Tabata kills him instead. But, like, I just don't see that happening. So if they do successfully rescue William and Yami, who are clearly not dead here, they're in a, they're in a position to be saved. Egg. Yeah. So, so they save him. And then, like, is Yami's, like... Because, like, the dimensional factor, like, anti-magic, like, plus, like, dimensional cutting... It's just like, what can you possibly deal with that? Like, you clearly have a magic-based ability here. Anti-magic is already, like, a hard counter to that. And then depending on the density of your shit, you can, like, override the density of the anti-magic, I'm assuming, is kind of, like, how that works. So, like, sure, you can say Asta doesn't have the juice to apply his anti-magic to the situation in a way that will be effective. So you add the dimensional slash power, you know, of Yami's, you know, literal ability that doesn't care about the matter in front of it no matter what state it's in or how dense it's in how powerful it's in it's literally i'm cutting through dimensions we understand that concept that's we've mm -hmm. seen that in like yu yu Hakusho and shit you know what i mean like yeah. we know how powerful cool yeah like we know how powerful that is you know what i mean so it's like if you're going to introduce an ability that seems more broken you know than even the zagdred's word magic it's like what's going to be the way that they defeat this character besides just a combination team attack of like everything we've already seen so far you know what i mean, I mean like, that's kind of like what i'm wondering yeah like it, it's just like everyone busting in at the end here just like makes me think that it's just gonna be like our powers combined like on some captain planet shit you know what i mean voltron yeah or some voltron yeah. shit and it's like okay well if that's how you gotta They're beat him that's how you gotta Asta beat him but... in the building's fist and he just holds the sword and they use him as a lightsaber it's, it's a just anti-magic lightsaber. i don't know i don't know that'd be hilarious it just feels um, a little bit too know, familiar man. if that's the case i mean it's a strong combo coming in that's it is sure. a strong like, combo got, coming in like don't get me Henry, wrong yeah we got vanessa with her fate magic which right. is like always questionable but completely different combo than before you know what i mean like you know cool. spent probably maybe he'll come in and fight again if, by the end of the arc or whatever but like this combination of people their magic combined you know you you factor in all of the the shit that we know about the series and like yeah top gordon is a sleeper pick yeah straight up yeah you know what i mean like there's a I remember lot the of first things. panel we see his magic i still remember that panel the first yeah, panel yes. we ever saw oh, yeah, his yeah. magic yeah when he like does the hounds yeah and they just like, yeah. like melt through this fucking he's like yo poison magic yeah. Nah, hounds yeah. of do like uh, something oh, I, I remember like, i remember when we Dude. reviewed that chapter and all of us were lit off of that like we were like holy shit gordon is one of the coolest characters that we've seen in a while inside of black clover when he finally started to turn up and then we got, got that no chapter lie. yeah then we got <laughs> yeah but then we got that chapter with like his family like situation and how like poisoners don't have to be malicious you can use poison mm -hmm. for you know like a, a multitude of different you know applications or whatever so like all that shit was cool glad to see gordon again love gordon as a character but now i'm just like reminiscent of like the era of project manga reviews where we like legitimately enjoyed every chapter of black clover <laughs> you know but hey, hey hey whatever though my point is is that like yes this is a cool combination of characters for the final bout 
and if Tabata decides to go, their powers, you know, in, you know, <coughs> in in amalgam with each other, you know, in combination with each other, are enough to like seal the deal or whatever. Like that's cool, and he'll probably introduce some, you know, some more extra shit later that like makes it feel even better. But just mm -hmm. how familiar the the possibility of the ending of this confrontation feels to me is off putting because it's like yes my power is able to affect intangible concepts what that says to me is that like any any principle that your abilities operate on i can counter this is gonna be some bullshit yeah like and maybe not that it's gonna be some bullshit but it's just like you're giving your villain like too much strength almost to the point where it's like you want us to ask the question of how are they going to be able to beat that guy but like if the answer is just going to come back to a combination the perfect combination team attack that can get through anything definitely including a dimensional slash from yami and definitely including asta's anti-magic even if you include more people in that team attack it's basically going to operate on like those two you know effects in tandem so it's like is this really all that much different from the ending of elf arc not really to me Maybe. so if it goes that route i'm gonna be like ah oh, that's too bad but again like tabata can do you know Something whatever i just thought of that so. could be interesting to see over the next couple chapters is how yeah. tabata like decides to play with the dichotomy between uh morris's modification magic which is stated to be able to modify even intangible concepts right that's yeah. an important part of the phrasing. And how it interacts with Vanessa's fate magic. Her red string of fate. That's what I feel like, like is going to be one of the... the that's an intangible concept, right? Yeah, so like, I, I think that's going to be one of the first things that they show that there's no fucking with this dude. You know what I mean? I think... I think he's going to modify that bitch. Yeah, he's just going to instantly fuck with like one of the strongest concepts on the team. And people are going to be like, we have no chance until Asta gets here and Yami wakes up. <laughs> You know what I mean? Like straight up. Like I feel like that's how you that's how you up the stakes in a story like Black Clover. It's like go Rouge. You know what I mean? Like Rouge is, you know, the the one inside of their, you know, the team skill set that makes you go, okay, that's broken. Besides anti-magic, obviously. But like look at everybody on this last page. You have um Noel, you have Gauche, you have you have you have uh Gordon, you have Henry, and then who is that like bottom right corner? mimosa that's great oh gray whoops my bad yeah. my bad my bad but yeah okay so like let's look at all of their magic inside of that you know what i yeah, mean like what's the one magic, that's like holy magic. shit that's broken fucking vanessa wait where is oh vanessa man even? wait is vanessa, vanessa is like here? front row and center front and oh center. that is vanessa oh my bad I, i'm yeah. sorry i thought i thought that was noel i'm very stupid noel's with asta okay 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 i'm back i'm back so you have this team Vanessa's magic is obviously the one that's clearly has the most hacks associated with it. So what do you do inside of this new villain that you're trying to hype up? Show that their magic is nothing in comparison to his. Then what oh, do we do? Man. We gotta wait for Asta to get here, and we gotta wait to reactivate Yami. That's like I what it says to what, me. Yeah, I, I feel to like Gray's magic can copy Morris's. Yeah, that's a big question. And too, like actually. undo the tra like undo stuff. Like yeah. it's not enough to like make changes I want, but I can yeah. at least undo a change and try to keep up that way. And then maybe use the mirror magic to work twice as fast or something. Ooh, okay. Know. So okay, now this is getting cool now because like originally I would be like, okay, so you're copying the magic, 
and like that's cool but like this is a devil's you know mana magnitude enhancing enhancing it right so it's like sure you copied the technique you're doing something to kind of reverse what i have going on but at the end of the day like lucifero is here so it's like yeah, you can uh still probably only use my magic to like half the degree i could originally right and then plus i have lucifero so it's like yeah yeah you know like what I, i could totally see that be you know an area of the conflict where it's like, just go copy his shit. Like, we got this, you know what I mean? And then it's just like, nah. You're player. like, I can't copy this. Yeah, this yeah. Is, this is too much. I'm yeah. going to go straight evil. Like, yeah, I could see that being um, a leg of it too, but yeah. I wonder if it's going to like... Because like, out of this series, Lotus seems like he's likely to die because he's like, I'll make it home. Back to my family. I'm desperate. And I'm like, but... Gotcha. I thought I thought Gotcha was gonna die, right? I was like, yes, sacrifice yeah. him for the power, for the glory of stuff. No, I think this is no. the one they do kill because when was the he's, last time we saw him? But he's not know, spade. But we know he's a you know a, a, a he's not Clover. He he's a spade. familiar he's face. Yeah, he's a familiar face. But like, when is the story needed him since the last mm-hmm. time he was in it? Never. All right, he we'll was, bring uh, him back and kill him. There's your stakes. And then He's everybody a, else gets to live because we killed somebody antagonist. last chapter. Yeah. <laughs> Turned ally. Yeah. Um, page six. Uh, Julius is being affected by the summoning of Lucifero. Yeah, this is really interesting, actually. Because like, someone I, I was talking to touch about... on this at least. Yeah. Wait, wasn't it us that was talking about the possibility that Julius is like related to the Dark Triad in some kind of way? Yeah. Uh, Eagle brought it up, actually, yeah. the first time. You were talking about a conversation you somebody seen in the brought Discord. the theory up in my in my live reaction, yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, and I'm really charmed with the idea because like Julius kind of looks like a combination of like you know and Asta, which looks a lot like you know the parallel uh, Xenon and flame sword version asta oh sure fire sword asta so like i think i said maybe... last week i think i said the idea was ass <laughs> like literally until we started talking I know, about it i think like... by the end of the conversation i was like okay i think i like this a little bit more but i think like right off the top just thinking of like that possibility was just like so jarring to me yeah but i feel like i feel like a little bit devils... better about it now that i've read this chapter yeah, yeah sorry keep going because like the devil that you're talking about how like the devil has like time magic as part of its portfolio julius has time magic yeah you've never seen the cover like his book literally doesn't have a cover so literal um, infinite rolodex or whatever it's an infinite rolodex of spells and i'm like well that sounds like pretty unnatural and inhuman so like maybe that's the devil's power maybe um the moment when that guy got like sandwiched with the de- the devil when he got pierced with it when he did the dying thing he came into contact with hell a little bit and like touched lucifero like got a new thing i don't know because like who knows what areas of the energy source you know an affinity like time magic will allow yeah you to it's touch. hard to predict yeah. limits on like well, intangible not even... concepts like modification yeah and time sure yeah and not even just that but it's just like man it's like we've gotten so much introspective stuff when it comes to you know certain affinities that characters are in tune with like inside of water magic wind magic and mm-hmm. fire magic especially we see these sylphs and and you know um 
naiads and salamanders. And... Yeah, you know what I mean? Like these these like little like spiritual familiars that can the elemental. I don't can't, I can't even remember what the concept is off the top of my head right now for it. Spirits, right? Yeah. Yeah, or whatever the elemental yeah. spirits or whatever. Like we got stuff like that, mm -hmm. you know, like based on, you know, characters like you know and 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 Noel and whatnot. And then you get to a character like Julius and yes, we know that you were the wizard king. So you were essentially, you know, Merlin. Yeah, like you were, yeah, you were top brass, you know what I mean? Like the, the, the cream of the crop inside of this energy system, basically for your region. Um, or no, 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 just in general, because it's like kingdom based, right, 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 right. So like he was yeah. the wizard king, period. And then like all we really see from you is like how powerful your magic is in combat. I mean, obviously we see like how charismatic he is and how he does on mm -hmm. the political side of things too. But like from a purely like energy source related you know point of view the only like more depth that we've really gotten inside of the the, the black clover magic system apart from spirit related stuff like bell and the salamander and whatnot yeah. for characters like you know in that like the only like way that we kind of go deeper than that is inside of the devil stuff you know what I mean? Yeah. But, like, what does the Wizard King, like, what does he have access to? What do they have access what to? What depths and, does he yeah, have? Yeah, what depths inside of the energy system does someone like a Wizard King, like, and have? He's like, basically a blank slate. I, I still think about, like, the... Because I feel like his magic relates to time, and so the potential for, like, parallel timeline existences. Like, he isn't, like, this set younger julius isn't the same technically he's just an alternate timeline julius to replace the one that died and so like what if oh wow kind of like uh but he's fused to lucifero in a little bit like there's an alternate timeline where there is an evil julius and it made a deal with um lucifero oh but that affects God. all the other timelines too this is like, making me think of like so many like Western comic book things at once. Like yeah. Xenon yeah. and uh, you know were like tied together. And he's like, "What made us different?" And like that's been home hammered in for like last four chapters of like the choices we made were different, and that made everything different. And then yeah. they keep bringing back to the things like, "Why does he look like? Why does Xenon look like Julius? Why does this thing? Why yeah. is Julius affected by the summoning of Lucifero?" And I'm just like, I think it's all related to. Oh, that's really lines. cool because, yeah, you go back to, like, Xenon and you see the situation that he was in that led him to the decision that he made and you, like, almost, like, in the back of your mind go, in an alternate universe, he would have made a different decision. You know what I mean? And then when they create that parallel between Asta and Yuno, you know what I mean? Like, naturally, you put Asta or, or, or Yuno, actually, in that example, you would put Yuno in Xenon's spot in that situation and be like, what decision would, would Yuno have made? you know in that in that situation based on what we know of the character at this point you know what i mean so like the the, the idea of alternate reality versions of the same character making you know different decisions is definitely there i feel like like with the intro of the of the squad at fourteen fifteen, and they're like hey you know we're gonna go back to like old school black clover roots and like do the team attacks and like be a little more western comic-y i think is probably a good strong choice um Man, Just I wonder if Tabata like, reads Western comics. I doubt it, but...
Maybe, maybe. Yeah, I mean, like anybody inside of this field, you know what I mean? Like they're comic book, they're comic book creators, you know what I mean? So if you're a professional comic book creator, you want to assume that you have, you know, pulled experience, you know, from an eclectic pool of, you know, resources, including Western comic books, French comic books, you know what I mean? Absolutely. Indian comic books, like whatever. You want to assume that they're kind of like well-versed and eclectic in that way before they you know, throw, you know, their kind of work yeah. out there. But also it's Japan at the same time, you know, so like you never I mean, know. It's, it's like that one member of um like in, like even in Korea, like the like that member of Blackpink that like posed with like an SS uniform because their history books just doesn't focus on the Western like historical theater as opposed mm. to like the Asia Pacific one, which is totally fair. Like yeah. um but yeah, I don't know. I feel like the timeline thing could work because devils don't exist within our realm. Like, they bleed over from another existence. They're basically, like, five-dimensional beings, right? Like, mm. And so, like, if one has time powers and a person makes contact with it, maybe um, that, that contact managed to, like, steal a little bit of it. And once you have it, you have it. The power of time you can take a little bit and go a long way yeah for sure so like maybe that's why he's being affected um and i think this is the first time we've really seen someone be like a true apostle of a devil within mm. morris oh, like the sure. other one's like oh i've i've nearly synchronized with this devil mm. and i am now the devil where it's like this one's just like hey you know i'm doing my own thing but like i'm working for this guy like <clears throat> yeah yeah, so I, I wonder what that that's all gonna be. We'll see, we'll see what Tabata has to say, yeah. if anything. I just want to see the giant noodles like slithering out of the walls to like, I don't know, cocoon or something. Like I want them to be something besides just ominous, ominous tendrils, yeah. <laughs> ominous tentacles. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I feel you on that. Mm -hmm. I think that's uh, all I had for Black Clover, for though. Yeah. I think so as well. Well, with that, I think we can go ahead and move right into uh, chapter 331 of My Hero Academia, United States of America. Yeah. Appropriately titled, in my opinion. Because <laughs> yes, it's funny because yeah. it's like, I don't know, usually titles, a lot of the time, can just tell you something about the entirety of the chapter but a lot of the time titles are kind of um aimed at the climax of the chapter or like the last part of the chapter a lot of the time and they're literally sending missiles at the end of the chapter yep <laughs> right just so... like this might be a minor war crime yeah it's like, but it's at a local menace yeah. so <laughs> people will allow us to do it right no yeah. it's it's very much like hey because <clears throat> like like, even this uh, page at, like, 6 and 7. This punk's graduated from being a Japan's local menace. He's now a threat to the world. We gotta use tactics that Japan lacks to make him dead now. Yes. And I'm just like... And, the, like, the even in the pre previous frame, if not now, then when should I exercise my special authority, right? Like, right. it's such an American way of thinking. Of right. Of just feeling like... I, as an individual, have the ability to do this, so I want to do this. Fuck the rules. Fuck, 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 the the, rules. fuck the establishment. Rules. Fuck because authority. Like, 
I'm the best like, thing since sliced bread. Yeah, it, Here's it's, my it's, will. How about, yeah. <laughs> yeah. And even Agbar is like, Hey, you know, I can't save you from the consequences, but I still believe you're correct. Right. Um, that's hilarious. You know, because I he, that still ag- have my support. The Admiral Agpar or whatever. Yeah. Like, that's so funny. Like in the scan, it's literally just Akbar, and it just like makes it it's so much is. more obvious that it's a star Wars reference. But, like, mm-hmm. even with the, the different spelling of the name in the official, it's still so obvious what that's from. You know what I mean? You got a I little mean, bit. Look at that, man. Yeah. And, and, and it's, a, it's a trap. Yeah. <laughs> but you get a little bit. Uh... A little bit more subtle of a of a reference inside of this wedge pilot. Did we get the name of wedge last chapter or the chapter before? Is this the first time they've been so. calling them wedge? Yeah. Okay, because that's uh, a, that's they... a Star Wars reference too, for sure. Like that's <laughs> like the that's like the the fighter pilot that um, that Luke like looked up to when he first joined the the brigade, isn't it? It. I know it's a fighter pilot from Star Wars for sure, but uh-huh. I don't. I didn't know. I mean, that makes sense. Planes with lasers. I just um, don't know if he's like the one that like, because Luke originally called out somebody like in a board meeting with all of the other fighter pilots and mm-hmm. then like made that dude like look like really dumb during the meeting. And then there was like a YouTube or they're not a YouTube, but there was a like family guy skit that like said like when they were doing their Star Wars related content. There was like a moment mm-hmm. where like they took that scene and then recreated it in Family Guy where Luke makes that character look stupid. And then that guy's like, can I talk He's to like, you over here for a second? He's like, don't ever fucking do that again. You know what I'm saying? Like, I'm the number one pilot around here, bro. You can't make me look dumb in front of all my people. And he like, like scolds him or some shit like off camera or whatever in Family Guy. Yeah. Anyway, I remember that and associate it because I recognize the name wedge from star wars and i just associated with it with that character star wars fans correct me but that's definitely a fighter pilot i think in fact i'm about to just google it because i'm in front of my computer <laughs> oh man the, like i feel like um stars and stripes like personality um really emphasizes kind of like american culture of like hyper individuality yes um because yeah. like because they're like, hey, man, I don't need common consensus. I don't need permission to do anything. I'm going to do whatever I want. Like, like, for better or worse, oftentimes worse in recent years. But, like, an American's mentality is like, uh, it's like that movie, like, love is never having to say you're sorry. But if you just take out love and replace it with freedom, yeah. and then you're just like, hey, what's the average American do? Freedom is never having to apologize for anything, <laughs> even if I'm wrong and die over it. Yeah. And I'm just like, bro, what, what's going on? <laughs> like, yeah. And like America's like historical proclivity of just like, hey, you know what? Let's just shoot drones and ask questions. Hopefully never. Yeah. <laughs> Hopefully, never. Hopefully yeah. never. <laughs> Hopefully never. We're just gonna hope you just all forget about that. Yeah. America, yeah, like that, that happens freaks? a lot. What are you talking about? Uh-huh. I, I think don't there's know. a. I, I Who think put that airport there? Yeah, that's what I was gonna what say. A wacky accident. I think there's a little bit of a a little splash of 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 meta commentary on the bottom of of page four because if you look at that bottom left panel on page four, it's like she boasts an impressive degree of freedom when it comes to non living things. 
apparently therein lies new order's true utility and on this panel you have like i can't remember what that symbol is but it's like something related to like oh uh, our office yeah there it's we go basically yeah, yeah. it's like the office of the government like yeah oh yeah the eagle is... was like the 13 yeah and it's got oh, yeah. like fireworks in one hand and then like a branch in the yeah, other no, uh, or whatever those are actually olive branch the arrows and the and arrows and olive arrows, branches yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. War and peace. Yeah. yeah, that's like our stamp or whatever, like our sigil, essentially. But it's... like, you have that plus the stripes on like the American like flag or whatever. I'm assuming is like what that that is symbolizing in that panel, and just the wording on that like felt so meta to me because it's like she boasts an impressive degree of freedom when it comes to non-living things. So it's like if it's you know, America tends to take a little bit softer of an approach when it comes to its people and, like, the changes that it wants to make. It, like, lets us, you know, go through the, de the democratic process of, like, enacting yeah. change inside of us. You know what I mean? But when it comes to, like, anything non-living, they just throw money at it and change whatever the fuck they want. Yeah, you they know what really I mean? do. Yeah, so, like, it, it, felt, it felt like meta-commentary to me in that way because it's it like, when have, you, when have you ever been able to stop the tearing down of trees to make a parking lot? You know what I mean? Like, yeah, I, I, like, I think you can vote against something like that, but I mean, like, I don't know. You but just I mean, don't ever the time hear too they much just hide those meetings. Like, yeah, no, no yeah. one's going to advertise what's on one meeting docket for the next. Yeah, and so yeah, like, yeah. like communities will get changed all the time. Like, there's uh, in in where I live, there is a community fridge that uh, people have been putting out and stocking for the community by the community um to make sure that the people that are homeless are hard up for whatever or yeah. not quite homeless just like can have something that they can eat and the city keeps trying to shut us down because they have all these various rules of like how it's like illegal to feed the homeless because there's too many like persecutable like law law lawyering type like illegal that's... illegal to feed the homeless is like all you have to say about that <laughs> yeah that's like no yeah <laughs> it's it's really rough because yeah. like america is the kind of place wow. where uh people say it's my birthday week can i get a free shot i've never seen a citizen turn down a free object until it got turned into a vaccine like and then it's like a communal <laughs> thing it's like oh that's not my individual benefit so fuck that like and it's just like American hyper individuality is so toxic sometimes. And like yeah. you have to make a character like stars and stripes, you have opinions about America. For sure. For Holy sure. I, I said like, meta commentary. Hey, I said meta, it's... I said meta commentary, but it's more like a, you know, well, I guess it's still meta textual, but it's more like a criticism. You know what I mean? <laughs> you know, it, it, yeah, like a little, a little jab, you know what I mean? But let's talk about star and stripe, right? Because like, this is a literal nan ability. Yeah, that we're, that we're dealing with right now like this ability is busted like personally like i'm gonna need like just based on the history of 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 what i've come to understand about superpowers inside of my hero academia like for an ability of this magnitude i feel like i'm gonna need a nosebleed panel you know or something to show that there's like some kind Visible of harm. stamina based detriment to this power I or think something there be. because like there's dude these be. attacks are too damn big to not oh, have no. some She's kind of muscle moves. that you're working while you do these things because like for 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 an ability like this to be infinitely spammed as long as you can you know recite the verbal incantation for it 
like if that's the condition and like someone can like crush your windpipe or something or you know like can't stop speak, you no from speaking in order to do it like that's fine it works as a caveat but like i can attack you from so far away like it's mm, not even funny like what hope do you have shape. yeah like what hope do you have to, of stopping me from using this ability before you even see me you know yeah. what i mean like that's I too mean, broken it has to be some kind of stamina based detriment or something i need I, at I least i so. want to see he has to touch him she does have to touch you. That's right. Mm -hmm. That's right. That That's might right. be bad. He touch, might make he has to touch you, touching him, but like yeah, whatever else she's trying to manipulate. Exactly. But like, just because she has to touch you doesn't mean she can't kill you with the things way far away she that she's touching. also touching. You know what I mean? Like she yeah. literally just showed us stopping airflow in a certain area of effective atmosphere so far away from Shigaraki. It's like, what point is like what? Like, what point is there that I have to touch you in order to affect you directly if I can just stop your airflow inside of a a, a long yeah. range, you know, like, you know, stretch I, of, of area, you know what I mean? I really like that Shigaraki, like, touched on the thing, like, on page three. He's like, yeah, this practically redefines what a quirk can be. And yeah, like, that was crazy. Upper, there has to be an upper limit. There has to be some sort of, like, stamina-based thing, like you were saying. He's like, maybe it's a life power. There's a barometer. He's like, I don't know what the upper limits are, but we're going to find out, and I'm a sturdy motherfucker. Yeah. Um, I loved this, like, two pages on four and five of his, not only just, like, internal monologue of how he's processing the phenomena at hand, but also it works double as a further breakdown of the capability him. Of, of him and also you know new world order because like sure yeah. like the dialogue is implying that he's trying to get to the bottom of how the ability works mm -hmm. but his logic is so sound that we can take it as literal a literal explanation yeah, right. of how the fact. ability is working right it's effectively you know I mean? fact yeah exactly oh, you know yeah. until star and stripe says no you had my ability completely you know misinterpreted from the beginning mm -hmm. and that's why you lost until we get that like we can assume that what he's saying right now is factual about the quirk so like that's i just love the way that it was composed in that way you know what i mean because it's I... like there's a reason why he's admiring star and stripe to the point yeah. of wanting to take her quirk and wanting to learn everything about it testing its limits things like that that automatically gives reason to the need of a two-page, mostly text breakdown of what's happening right now. I actually liked the fact that um, during four and five, when he's breaking down and thinking about the power, yeah, it's about blank white space or blank black space representing AFO and Shigaraki combined, and the fact that he's literally not pictured, right? It's blank space. He is not in the equation. He is a blank slate full of information trying to make sense of himself wow. like like when uh the white part on five he's like hey um she called my dog my bond would he respond um and then you know afos wait like, you're talking about the dog hold on wait wait wait, wait. oh on page like, five on page five where he references yeah. the dog that's like she personality bleeding through you can see like afos like computer-like vocabulary like the difference in efficacy between the rules of living and non-living things must be do with the process of naming the target yeah. and just like like even his like language bleeds over and changes and like yeah verbosity verbosity um yeah <laughs> so I, I really like yeah, how do you pronounce page. that 
Yeah, I don't know. I just read the word. I don't know. No, this is it. cool though, dude, because like that that like line of dialogue was like really cool to me because it's like only two targets at once, I suppose. And what's her effective range? Would it work if she called my dog Mon by his name Mon? Because it's like that's the name I've associated with that dog. And that's the, the name the that it reacts to whenever I call it. But like we have you know what I mean? Like we know that dogs have a fraction of the sentience of us you know what i mean so mm -hmm. it's like they can't contemplate their own existence they My don't name's think actually good boy yeah exactly don't recognize your power yeah <laughs> like what like what how does the dog identify themselves you know what i mean yeah. like we have no uh, way of knowing that based on dude, our New understanding World so. such a slam a dunk against america like and how we have an effective surveillance state since the patriot act it is, but I'm, like, worried about, like, and, and power scaling isn't something that I'm normally worried about too much inside of, you know, especially contemporary shonen storytelling because they've got, you know, for by and large, a pretty good handle on that just based on the history of shonen storytelling mm -hmm. up until this point being heavily criticized for how it handles power. But, like, introducing Star and Stripe in direct opposition to Shigaraki, it's like, okay... So all eyes are on Deku, basically, and his coaches, because it's like, we know that Deku has the potential to deal with power on this scale, but, like, what does that mean for the secondary characters? And not just, like, random class 1A, you know, or 1B characters that we know are never going to get significant shine in the story. Saro, Sugar Rush, etc. But, like, Bakugo and Todoroki, you know what I mean? Like, how are they going to be able to keep up with the power necessary to put this threat down? And any, like, obviously it's all about Deku versus Shigaraki, and they're the only two characters that actually matter at the end of the day when it comes down to, like, resolving the conflict of my hero mm -hmm. academia but in the meantime you have to have some kind of compelling thread to the other characters that you built up for this amount of time and since this is an action-based manga and we're going into endgame territory apparently it's like i want more characters than just deku to matter at the end of the day otherwise it's going to feel I like dragon too. ball to me and i don't want um, a story like my hero academia to feel like dragon ball especially ever. when they have stuff like we were all the greatest heroes that yeah. day, that kind of stuff. And we're like, hey, you know, they had a whole thing about you can't shoulder all the burdens alone, which for me right. indicates that Star and Stripes is going to lose. The stakes question is, is she going to lose her power? That's a big question. But just going back to like what you were saying about the line of dialogue saying we were all became the world's best hero or whatever and whatever that means. And it's like multiple interpretations and capacities mm -hmm. as far as like everybody else's role in that line of dialogue does not have to be, you know, inherently physical. You know what I mean? Like we know no, that Deku it doesn't is have the, to be a truism. Yeah. Deku is the physical aspect of that greatest hero. And he's a lot more than just the physical aspect of it too. But like, I'm assuming that what that line of dialogue meant is that there are areas of heroism that Deku couldn't possibly excel in, you know, that other characters that we've come to know and love over the course of time is going to fill in those spots for like, if Deku is like the, you know, intuition and strength side of things and just that kind of person that could be the number one hero. Like if you take those three areas mm -hmm. of heroism and apply it to Deku, then like you can apply all the other areas of heroism that they've been building up 
you know, throughout the entire course of the series, you can assign that to whoever you want along the way, as long as they all come together and make up that number one hero. But since this is such an action-based series where the strength of characters seems to matter a great deal, then mm -hmm. to have the scaling feel so lopsided in, you know, from literally the introduction of Chigaraki's rebirth form until now has really when it was is really you know like when the power scaling of my hero academia kind of started to like jump off the rails a little bit because it's like well no not really even shigaraki it goes back as early as like introducing black whip and the the multiple you know quirk mm -hmm. aspect of deku and even though that was handled brilliantly by by shigaraki inside of deku up until this point just based on like the rate of progression inside of that concept for deku it took him a long time to find out how to use black whip at will you know, in a, in a non-harmful way, you know what yeah. I mean? And like Fa Jin yeah. is like not a broken ability, you know what I mean? Like, so there are ways that, that, that Kohei has kind of supplemented the initial outrage of that concept in ways that feel really good. But when it comes down to this final confrontation and you give Shigaraki all of this, and now Deku is coming into his own when, in regard to all of the other quirks that he has in his, in his arsenal, now it's going to be like okay are other characters ever going to matter physically again because like even star and stripe makes a point here it's like if this was all it took to take out shigaraki then even endeavor could have beat him when she does the yeah. Karanos inside of the laser beam concentration Dude, the combined lasers was sick that shit but was cold-blooded it, it leaves her vulnerable though it does yeah, yeah. she's using laser and atmosphere yeah, so she doesn't two. have her strength and endur endurability. Does we can she assume. have the human stamina to maintain her powers? Well, we know that she can only use two orders at a time, and one of them yeah. we can assume, and I think she even stated, was used for her strength, you know, in hand-to-hand -hand combat to make her, you know, damage and endurance as, mm -hmm. as, you know, comparable to All Might or whatever, and then she imposes new rules on external factors outside of that. But here, she's clearly using combine into one lasers and giant atmosphere version of myself at the same time yeah. so it does leave her open you know what i mean but how are you going to get to her you know what i mean yeah but um i love the fist bump to the earth that's just right such a cool fight um the double page spread on 10 and 11 son like that was insane oh, like no. the, the paneling of the clap the fucking like the tilted perspective <laughs> mm -hmm. of the flow of the panels from right to left plus the overhand clap it felt very fujimoto tatsuki yeah, yeah it felt it felt like fujimoto tatsuki and chainsaw man because when um when aki is fighting the katana devil he uses you know that sword that has the uh oh man it's been so long since i've read chainsaw man but basically it was a nail related power and you had to like stick like three or four nails in somebody before you could get the desired effect and then, mm -hmm. you know, Aki's sword represented those nail stabs. And then, like, the katana devil got, like, bit by that giant, you know, fucking, like, moose skull like, thing <laughs> yeah. or whatever. You guys know what I'm talking about. I swear to God you do, even if I can't yeah, remember it all yeah. right now. But, like, the paneling on that showed, you know, a hand from outside of the story. Or not outside of the story, but from just outside of the art. And it was, like, a hand coming in from the side, flicking the nails in you know, whenever Aki was stabbing the Katana Devil. And that paneling, I just remembered that when I was reading yeah. this 10 and 11 spread. If that makes sense to anybody out there. But yeah. Oh, man. Fire. Yeah, the, the fist bump to the earth was definitely tight. And 
this giant like kaiju air being this is this is dummy broken yeah the fact that you can make air into like a solid tangible object is is, it's just so weird like there's almost assumed like caveats to her commands like the air forms into my shape, but a thousand times bigger. But like, where in there does she state that it's like I can control this literal... massive atmosphere? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I feel and like it's, it's not. To me I think it's permeable. Solid. Yeah, like I can think... I psionically control this just because it has my shape? That feels her like weakness. it should be a rule. Yeah, I I think her weakness. I I think that like mimics her mood, like her shape and movement would be a good like caveat if it was like it might be a translation thing. I don't know. Yeah. Um, but I think that like her biggest weakness is that she has to rely on those planes. She's like, I can't fly. Yeah, you that's right. have to carry me. So if I'm falling, so is that thousand foot of atmosphere too. Like it's not going to be doing anything. And it doesn't say that the atmosphere is solid. It's still atmosphere. It just happens to take the shape. It so makes me think that, that there's stuff. like a secret third rule that she can impose if she needs to at the cost of like life force or some kind of severe physical detriment right and and not to say that she's already using that here but just the talk of how she's able to like okay you want to know what actually this actually is fine because if we know that she is turning off her self-regulated or self-allocated rule of super strength and whatnot so that she can you know grab the combining of lasers and use them with her giant atmosphere form if we know that she's using two rules for that and so she's not allocating any of her power to her own defense and personal power then like that's fine but like in this situation right here with the fist bump to the earth while we're talking about how she's able to control the new atmosphere version of herself it's like that can be two rules at once since there's no laser involved here you know what I mean? Because she says the air forms into my shape, but 1,000 times bigger. And we know that that gives the effect of the giant atmosphere version of Star and Stripe. But then yeah, where does the literal, like, where does the Pacific Rim <clears throat> G Gundam, you know, style of control come from? It could be an unspoken second rule that she's applying and sacrificing her personal strength for in this moment and it just wasn't given to us by kohei for some reason in the dialogue uh, because she can still be using two rules at once during this you know stretch of storytelling from 8 to 11. you know what i mean if you really think about it you could you could try to say that even though it should definitely be stated in the actual comic if that's what's happening there's still yeah. two things happening inside of her power right now so I like, feel like it's just part of her um, perception of it, too. Sure, like, sure. Because it is such a conceptual ability that how she perceives herself and how the air is forming around her. Um, That's a good point, It's too. just how she perceives it. Because, yeah. like, the fact that it doesn't work on Shigaraki because perceptions literally don't match. Right, she can't right. just use, you know, the surveillance state and know his name. He doesn't even know who he is. He's reimagining himself. He's right. reconceiving himself. He doesn't even know. Yeah. As broken as it seems, I'm confident in Kohei 
if he's going out of his way to explain the ability to this extent inside of this stretch of chapters probably just because of how broken it is there's even you could even try to say as a meta commentary or a meta textual stamp on the brokenness of the ability inside of shigaraki's dialogue saying you know what does it say a jaw-dropping unreasonable power that makes the world yeah. her plaything, and one that practically redefines what a quirk can be. If you wanted to be really critical of that, that line of dialogue, you could say that that is Kohei injecting that line specifically because he knows how wild this quirk is and knows yes. that people will think it's fucking too much for My Hero Academia, so like, why not let an actual character in the story say that? So it kind of like makes it feel a little bit better or whatever. But that coupled with the fact that he's taking this long to actually explain what the ability does according to multiple characters' perception of it is just like, you know, the nail that kind of drives that thought home yeah, for me. I it's like, Kohei like knows that this is too wild for his story. Yeah. So he's making sure that even characters in the story acknowledge that, <laughs> you know? Absolutely. Um, I mean, that's that's authorial trust a little bit. Like, yeah, hey, sure. I'm acknowledging to you guys, the readers, that this is happening. Um, yeah. I wonder if... Sorry, Eagle, what are you saying? No, I was just agreeing with what you were saying. Oh, thank you. Um, but I think that, like, when he landed on the jet, he may have done something to it. Yeah, I was thinking so say, too. Hey, get off. That star's perch shakes him off, and then she lands, and probably on that plane. So I wonder if that's how he does like a little reversal while he's <clears throat> literally getting bit fried to death. <clears throat> Gesundheit. Thank you. Um, that was another question that I had. It's like he landed on this American dude's plane and had all of the time in the world to just disintegrate it and didn't. You know what I mean? And then he does a little aerial spin that gets him off. He jumps back on the Nomu. And then, you know, Star and Stripe jumps on it, assumingly, and continues to ride it. I think it makes all the sense in the world that Shigaraki tampered with this plane in some kind of way. Absolutely. We'll see next chapter. AFO, like even if he's all discombobulated, still playing four-dimensional chess. Yeah, straight up. Yeah. Straight up, bro. That shit's wild. To Fun think about. chapter. I think this fight's going to, like, take two more episodes and that's about it i'm excited wow. to say i think that there's one more chapter for wrap up on this um two if if we get two more that would be crazy like i i feel like if you have one more chapter it's like shigaraki definitely just wins but if you have two more chapters then you can introduce tiamat which looks like a game-changing situation that shigaraki won't be able to deal with and then you introduce a cliffhanger at the end that maybe implies that Shigaraki does have a way to deal with it. And then the chapter after that, he does and then wins or, or something like that. But I feel like one chapter more or two chapters more says a lot in regard to what can happen, at least to me. But like, I'm super excited to see like what these missiles do because you, you just based on like our understanding of, you know, America and its military, we want to go like, all right, here's the... <laughs> here's the trump card like let's introduce it yeah you know here's our haymaker and then shigaraki named after a dragon god of yeah destruction. right yeah and i know that you like have a lot of experience with tiamat as like a dungeons and dragons like dm you know what i mean oh so like god. yeah yeah i'm sure we don't even she need to go into it as well but like but i don't know so man. everyone yeah i feel like i feel like one chapter more says like Shigaraki definitely wins this. Two chapters more would say 
you know, Starstrike I... finds a way to deal with it for the time being as like a stopgap, and then it ends like a on a mysterious resolution or some kind of obvious separation of the two that allows Star and Stripe to come back and talk about what she's experienced and vice versa for Shiggy. I don't fucking know, but either way, it's going to be epic as shit, no matter how... Because I feel like people are, like, so confident. It's like, Star and Stripe's going to die, she's going to lose her quirk, or she's going to kill Shigaraki, not kill Shigaraki, or at least beat him or something. I don't really know entirely, but, like... There's so many things that could happen besides two things. You know what I mean? Is basically yeah. the point that I'm I mean, I'm still here. thinking that she might use her quirk on herself to keep it from transferring. Like as a dying thing, she's like, he's like, I'll take your quirk and she just touch she's like she's stars and stripes. You can never relinquish your power hey, and then dies on him and hey, just kisses him the fuck off. Like yo. that's what I'm expecting. She's like, hey, I may have been wrong this entire time about being able to take you, but I'm still going to spite you. Spits in your face. Dies. Yes, yeah. dude. It's the most macho, like, machismo kind of thing that I could think of. And, like, Stars and Stripes just is pure machismo. Dude, I like that a lot, actually. Yeah, I think Shigaraki right she has dies, her... She just grabs her chest and she's like... Star and Stripe can't be taken. Yeah, straight up. Yeah, like, I think that that would be so gangster and, like, so cool because it's, like... Or New Order. Yeah, New Order. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, yeah. I think that no, that would be uh, so fucking sick. Dude. Or, like, like, New World Order dies with me. Yeah, something yeah. like so that. So like, she dies, it straight up, like, dies with her. Yeah. She's, like, she has two powers. She just does two powers. New World Order dies with me new world order can't be transferred yeah that works for stakes and it works for subversion right because like out of all of the things that i've seen people say about the potential resolution to this particular conflict you know what i mean it's a, it's kind of like how i was saying a little bit before like people think that star and stripe is going to die and get her quirk taken for the sake of stakes like oh no what's deku and them gonna do now that you know all for one has won another battle inside of this war or whatever and like that's definitely wild and crazy or whatever but the situation where star and stripe loses but doesn't lose her quirk does so much more for the story because it ups, the, so. it, it ups the stakes in regard to shigaraki's capability to defeat star and stripe after this much hype being built up for her but also it's not like ultimate stake threat level maximum because yeah. he didn't get the quirk and it happened in a way that made sense to our understanding of the over explained quirk that we have at hand here and also just like we're not going to give Shigaraki that much, even though we allowed him to win. You know what I mean? Like I that just makes so make much sense for the writing. More human. Yeah. Like I like the idea that she basically uses her powers to render herself a normal, mundane human. Right. And then that also kind of caps her stupid powers, because then she can say, um, "My trait can't be transferred," yeah. and then I have super strength, and so she limits herself to a single use yeah. of her new world order as opposed to thing and that sure. forces her to think flexibly that challenges in a protagonist that's a, that's supposed to be stupid helpful and like look at all for one as like a five-headed you know 4d chess mastermind kind of of character it's like he we already know that he was anticipating star and stripe he knows about her quirk wants it for himself no shigaraki is the zealot that's going to go grab it for him and he's been you know, accomplishing each and every single one of his five-headed plots up until this point. Right. So, like, 
you don't want to, you know, take away from the stakes that much to the point where Star and Stripe just beats Shigaraki and the story is over. We know that's not going to happen. So how do you, you know, maintain the capability of all for one without having it go to worst case scenario possible? It's like, yes, you beat Star and Stripe. You didn't get the quirk the way that all for one was expecting and wanted because like that's something that we have to worry about whenever all for one says he wants something is that he has the means to actually make it possible and shows that in the story that he makes his wants possible and actually accomplishes his goals rather often inside of his planning. Yep. You know what I mean? Yeah. So we don't want to take away from that. So Shigaraki fights Star and Stripe, beats her, but doesn't take her quirk because of exactly what Mello was talking about sure all for one didn't exactly achieve the goal that he was specifically going for so it's a subversion in that way but also star and stripe is out of the picture now and that yeah, works for all for one forced a major yeah. piece off the exactly board. that works for all for one and shigaraki to the same degree even if he didn't get the quirk for himself like she's still gone so yeah, it still yeah. works for stakes you know what i mean and didn't he tell spinner that this was basically a bonus game he's like yeah this is just yeah kind of um, yeah this is a bonus game man like i don't care if i win or lose but like this is a good opportunity either way yeah. i could get like a huge success and basically win the war like that or i take a board off the piece and i have less ways to lose now yeah so, exactly win-win true yeah. straight up love it that's uh, all that's all such an incredible chapter love cool the conversation fights. we got from it i'm good off of this week of my hero though well with that, I think we can go ahead and go right into chapter 1030. I keep wanting to say 10,000 for yeah. some reason. Yeah, I do it in my we're head all there. the time. Hey, we're getting there. Echoing the impermanence of all things. Yeah. Let me get a little funny little cover here. Reader request, Brooke, careful not to step on a line of army ants. I, I Abby. Like Shout out, Abby. It's yeah, it's really it's... sweet because uh, Brooks is very much about the sanctity of life. Right. Yeah. No, you ain't doing nothing to nobody. Makes sense. Who I like that. Squishy like a bug. Yeah, that was cool. Who am I to squishy like a bug? <laughs> Yo. Yeah. This so this, was, this chapter this... was some shit, man. Yeah. yeah go ahead. Yeah. Well, I was just gonna say we start off with this scene of uh, Apu here kind of giving Drake a pitch that makes it seem like he has really just been plotting on some dolo shit from the beginning. I thought that was Cap. I was like, no way. This motherfucker just switches sides with whoever's most convenient at the time that he needs <laughs> to present, you know, like himself as a certain way to whoever's in front of him. You know what I mean? Like whenever mm -hmm. Kaido is like, I'm gonna kill you if you don't join, he's like, guess I'm on your team. Works for him until someone else fades him. Is like, guess I'm on your team. You know what I mean? Like, we could be a team. You know what I mean? Like, now that I like feel like I, you know, don't fit now in that a I'm certain not area. For my life. Yeah, you know what I mean? Come like, on, it team just, up. yeah, it feels like he's one of those characters that will literally just try to fill the gap wherever he can. Kind of oh, like that one girl from Squid Game. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Um, I feel like the crazy older lady like, from Squid Game. I can That's... do everything, but the stuff I can't do. Exactly. Type shit. Yeah, that feels like Apu yeah. to me. Yeah, oh, but man. I don't know. It kind of felt like, to me, maybe he was like sincerely trying to like ride sure. the wave as far as what was best for him. Yeah, yeah. The Kaido situation, you know, he's like, okay, this is where I can kind of get in where I fit in and yes. like lay low and bide my time. Yeah. But this genuinely does feel to me like he maybe took a step back from the situation and was like, well, hey, well, 
well, damn, this battle ain't going ex exactly how I thought it was going to, so maybe I can swoop in at the end and, and, and try yeah. and pull some shit. There's definitely room for nuance in that way, right? You know what I mean? Like, Apu could have had, like, an entirely, you know, established plan in his mind of how he thought his journey would go. Then he meets Kizaru. You know what I mean? He's really now, on some fucking... Yeah, now like, we know He could have been that, really on some Aizen shit. Like, yeah, like, he could have been, like, on some other shit strategically, but just ran into powerhouse, you know, hurdles that he couldn't clear. Like, you know yeah, what I mean? Like, so I'm forced to do this. Yeah, you know, so I don't you, like these people. So even if he is like five headed master planner, you know, like you're or some shit like that, you know, or whatever we're trying to kind of like paint him as right now, like there's still physical hurdles that he has to like come across and he has to, you know, do what he can to clear them in whatever way that he that he can inside of his capabilities. You know what I mean? So even if it's not like a chick from Squid Games kind of thing where it's just like I'm just gonna ally myself with whoever is stronger than me at the time, like it could definitely be a situation where it's like I had an idea, Kizaru fucked that up, had to regroup, had to replan, you know, then got back on track, you know, inside of my ultimate, you know, like uh plan or whatever, and then ran into Kaido. Kaido, Kaido was a bigger obstacle. I just fell in line with him. And then now that, you know, I've kind of been separated from Kaido in a very obvious way, I feel like I can get back to, you know, what I was going for. That's cool if we want to do it like that, too. You know what I mean? But, you know, like, you never know with One Piece characters. Like, Oda is, yeah, like, such I'm... an intensely profound character writer that you just literally like never know. with Apu, like a musician, he plays to the crowd. Is he sincere? Probably not, but he's yeah. still gonna, you know, pander <laughs> to the crowd, whoever's in front of him, whoever his audience he perceives it to be. He's gonna well, do that great take. Plus, since Remy, I've noticed a lot of characters' hair when I observe them. And I was just three, thinking about his this, fam. Tail yeah. looks like a scorpion. Yeah. <laughs> like yep. his helmet with the eyes and a little bit of his hair literally looks like a scorpion. Yeah, he bro. is a betrayer type character. Oh my god. And I like the idea that he's an untrusty per the person. Like, I like the way he controls the conversation as well. He's just like, I'm guessing you're spying. But that doesn't matter there. I'm yeah. putting you on the place, but it's okay. Yeah. Here's my pitch. He's, he's like, causing, like, emotional tension, and then decreasing it, and then throwing in his pitch. Right. Like, that's how people get conned. Yeah, you know that up. kind of thing. Oh, hey, aren't you you betraying? Hey, you're a spy. I'm not saying this is a conversation about who's you know trustworthy or not. That's yeah. a non-issue. We're gonna deal with that later. Right. But what you really want is the benefit, right? Come on, here, have a talk with me. Drink with the devil. Have dine with the devil. Come on, you know. Yeah. We're doing this thing, and like those three dudes are also looming around, and they're like, yeah, why would we fight each other? But if you're not on our side. In beef they might get you. Zanki. What'd you yeah. say? The numbers. In beef, Fuga, and Zanki. Yeah, the numbers. Yep, yep. Yeah. I don't know, man. Chill. This is a cool chapter. I don't know. I feel like I. Um, I don't know really how I feel. Actually, I do know how I feel about it. I want to say I didn't like the chapter, but at the same time, it's like even though that like the major beats of the chapter are things that I don't necessarily agree with. Like, One Piece is just a story that has so much going on in every chapter yeah. that it's like, even if I didn't like two or three things about it, like, there's so much to talk about outside of that, that, like, by the time I'm sitting down in this kind of conversation, in this kind of atmosphere, and get to the end of the review, I end up going, like, 
okay, I, I look at this a little bit differently now. And One Piece isn't normally something that I usually have too many issues with, but like the Awakening stuff is cool. Like I really like that we're seeing Awakening in this way, in this chapter, but like when did Law achieve wake Awakening is, is kind of my question. Like before he started hanging out with the Straw Hats post time skip, because if so, then that's like really awkward that he didn't activate this in Dressrosa. Did he get it after Dressrosa? If so, when? You know what I mean? Is kind of like how I'm looking at this. Because it just feels so injected and so awkward and just doesn't feel like it fits how in. How is this acknowledged? With, yeah, with like Oda's long game moment. planning and storytelling that we're so used to, this just feels kind of shoehorned, which is a, a, a term that I don't usually associate with One Piece, at least in the amount of time that we've been reviewing it. You know what I mean? So sure not to say that that word doesn't fit inside of one piece since we've been reviewing it but i don't think i've actually referred to it ever until like right now you know what i mean and not to say that that's like a wild and crazy detriment to the storytelling of wano but like i think when, something that could yeah justify him not using it in dress rosa is the fact that he already like kind of resigned himself to the fact that he couldn't be Doflamingo. And he was really, like, relying on Luffy in that scenario as far as the physical side of things, like, sure. to beat Dofi up. I so mean, that would mean that he came to the conclusion. I feel like I remember him stating multiple times, like, we can't beat Doflamingo. I, yeah. can't be, I can't beat Doflamingo. He did say that. And so for him to activate an ability that as he stated, once activated, secures that he'll lose the fight if he doesn't end it with that one move. Ah, yeah. Is kind of like... It's the it literally drains his but it's, life or, but it's life or death, though. You know what I mean? Like, if you come to the conclusion that you, you can't beat Doflamingo, even with a hidden secret technique that you're not even willing to use because you think the power gap is that significant but he'll use it on Big Mom, who is clearly a bigger threat than Doflamingo? Mm. Well, it has to do with mental trauma as well with Doflamingo. Like, sure. A lot of the reason why he felt he couldn't beat Doflamingo was, like, mental. Sure. And that's mm. fine. That's fine. But at the same time, like, your overarching will for your goal that you've already resigned, you know, your health to, like, I will die for this philosophy... Mm. Even if you're up against an, you know, a traumatic, you know, source of your timidness or, you know, lack of confidence, you attribute that to Doflamingo, sure, whatever. So I don't, you know, believe in myself as much as I would against a character like Big Mom. Doflamingo just like has that kind of traumatic hold over me to where I feel like it's futile no matter what. You would still use your trump card in your in your dying moment. You know what I mean? And if not, you're a bad character. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, I I'm know. sorry. Like, 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 Law has been built up to this point in a way to where, like, he's very, you know, has his heels dug into his convictions. He has a clear goal. Yes, Doflamingo is his biggest personal hurdle, but, like, he's aware of his capabilities and he knows what he can or can't do. He's, like, one of the first times that we've gotten that in-depth of a consideration of the caveats of your devil fruit inside of a single person. He's like, I know what my limits are. I have to save my stamina so that I can use room in these moments that I've thought ahead, 
to use them in and i can't use any more of it before then otherwise the plan is fucked you're telling me that someone who is on that level of thinking strategically will just decide because he's facing doflamingo in his last moments to not try and use the awakening the strongest ability that he has and literally in this chapter is confirmed as something you use when you are down and out and have no other options because you will definitely lose if it's not effective and he doesn't try to use that in that moment just because doflamingo like it just doesn't feel good to me personally like i don't like that reasoning for it you know what i mean like it just it feels shoehorned in that way because no matter how you try to look at it law seems drastically more incompetent than he has at any point in the series if you consider those things right if you consider those uh, things the way laws dialogue or inner monologue or flashback dialogue i guess what it points to is that he maybe learned it after the dofi fight okay he says Win. i'm he says i'm still not used to it i'll yeah. do it if i'm on my last legs but the stamina consumption is extreme and it ensures i'll lose the battle right and that's fine. So he got it after Dressrosa. That makes more sense for Dressrosa. But Law has been pretty close to the hip since Dressrosa. And this is like a pretty big deal inside of the power system. Something that you would think takes like a crazy situation to bring out of you or intense training. And the last craziest situation that he was in was when he literally was dying fighting Doflamingo and we didn't see it. So, like, what training could he have possibly done in between Dressrosa and now to the point where Oda decided not to show us, but also just gave him the capability at the end of the day? Like, that just makes no sense to me, personally. Yeah, I mean, Neil, you'd have to assume that he just kind of trained while he was in Wano sure. in the meantime of, like, the whole cake shit. But know, why off-screen that? For that couple weeks. Well, just because you're showing whole cake shit. That's He's that's true. Main character. That's true. That's definitely true. So wait, he yeah, that's right, because he wasn't there for whole cake, right? Yeah. So you have a whole story arc where law isn't a factor. But then you go into this moment where you're finally deciding to show that he has awakening and Law goes, you got that shit? And he's like, yeah, I got that shit. Don't even <laughs> trip, bro. Like, we got it. It kind of sucks, but I got it. You know what I mean? Like, where is the flashback that we're used to seeing whenever we see blooms of strength increases inside of One Piece to show that he did this during Whole Cake Island? You know what I mean? Like, wow. it just seems so out of character for One Piece, no matter how you kind of look at it. Yeah, I mean, well, unless you look at it from, like, the standpoint... I mean, I'm just yeah playing devil's advocate. Absolutely, here. absolutely. I'm wondering, when you say that, um, that, that is a very good point. We usually do get a flashback. But I'm wondering how many times we get those flashbacks for characters outside of the Straw Hats. That's a good point, too, actually. I, don't, I, I can't tell you when. I can't think of that many examples. Comment sections can plug us, though, probably. But yeah. still, at the same time, it Law is a very feels... integral character close to the yes, end of the Straw Hats. Like exactly. You said. It feels he, weird. At the end of the day, even he has stated, like, I'm not your homie right <laughs> this is convenience yeah. that's right you know what i'm saying that's right but oh, yeah it's just sense. it's just a very um it's just a very awkward situation to me and obviously we can talk about it a little bit more when we actually yeah, get yeah. I mean, to yeah. the, was the like... awakening scene of the chapter but there's all this kanemon shit going on you know in the meantime that we also have to talk about because i don't think i like the kanemon stuff either not the fact that he's not dead I don't really care characters like die or not in one piece at this point like that's not really what it's about but like the yeah. explanation as to why this phenomena is happening the way that it is feels really clunky to me you know what i mean it's like 
yes, Kaido hit you with an attack that should have killed you, whatever you survived because it's One Piece. But the explanation that, like, Law just didn't properly reattach me the way that he normally does people, and I've been running from Punk Hazard to Wano, four arcs of storytelling that I've been with these people, and, like, that's always been a thing in ways that has never been represented until right now, feels super clunky to me, and I don't know if I like that either. I thought it was uh, funny. I don't it's know. funny. Somebody it's was, definitely somebody funny. Was yeah, it was somebody was getting too. mad at me for my reaction to it during mm -hmm. my stream that mm -hmm. I wasn't like upset about it and that I was like offering justifications for it. Like, yeah, they're like, why are you like defending the fact this? That, like <laughs> the fact that I don't think we ever got a scene of Law actually using his ability to even put him back together, period. Sure. I think they just like clapped yeah. him back together and we're like you're good right sure cool you yeah. know what i'm saying i've got a lot of things to focus on like, yeah. it's parts just like still, his parts are still separate now if that if that is something that like why is he can... not bouncing around yeah but... yeah yeah if we can if we can go back okay so like here's a couple questions that i have for that right so if it was just a ragtag effort you know between the characters involved to reattach ganemon and they just go, this part goes here. There's no Ope, Ope, no me interaction. And we just connected parts together. Yeah. Then yes, you have to ask the question of like, how, why isn't he bouncing around and sliding off and like not properly, you know, like being a whole person. You know what I mean? Because if law is integral to the refusing of your body in a way that makes it whole again, then yeah. why would you just picking the part up and placing it on top of the of the of the pelvis mean that like you're back together again enough to seem like you're whole even a little bit? Because <laughs> I think if I remember correctly, wasn't weren't his legs like somewhat firmly attached to the punk hazard dragon to where they had to pull him off something oh. like that oh yeah, like yeah it'll yeah. give you a little bit of a of a of a hold but if you want like a real like then he has to you're saying yeah, then law yeah, yeah, has yeah. to do it sure himself. sure okay I, huh. correct me if i'm wrong but i think if let I remember us know man like his legs were kind of stuck on the dragon and they had to pull him off i don't know whoever be out like, here like fine tooth combing the series and like double checking for like you know consistency in 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 reviews and analysis like i know that there's like commenters out there you know that'd be jumping from like youtube account to youtube account to make sure that they know what they're talking about we got plenty of them in our in our comment sections please any of the people that do this for one piece like let us know if this is like an established thing with more credibility behind it than just the idea that law didn't reconnect law properly for yeah, some law reason. just doesn't give a shit about yeah Kimon. yeah like, you know yeah, what i mean i'm out of like here. i'm if, dying if Let's there go. are more examples in the narrative that support this explanation of kanemon's existence in this point of the story like let us know but yeah I, I thought it was pretty good slapstick. I also liked the yeah. fact that Hamlet is just hanging out past the fuck out <coughs> with a giraffe growing out of his back like a stupid palm tree. Yeah, right. Love yeah. that. Um, I thought the um, Kanjuro Orochimaru Kazenbo Orochi. scene was really cool. Yeah. Because Kazenbo is like an actual like established yokai. Yeah. Um, it basically like translates to like bronze before the fire, and basically this imperial family was like 
losing, like a, like a civil war fight, maybe in the Sugenko area. I don't remember exactly. Um, but their whole thing is that basically, uh, there's a place called Mount Toribe, and the people basically cremated themselves um, to try to achieve Buddhahood. And like achieve enlightenment, even though they were like failing at things, and they're just like, hey, like you know, live like, cremated themselves, like, like like they burnt themselves. Okay, um, consciously yeah. burned, like not. Oh, like... let's see. Uh, I found another thing I was looking at. Like, what's that? Um, like, what? Isn't there it's... like a, a famous example of someone like lighting themselves on fire for protest? Yes, yes, that's, that's a more about. recent thing in the early nineties. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, so I found the article, and it basically says. Powerful members of imperial family, nobility, were buried in Mount Toribiyama. At the end of the 10th century, venerable monks reportedly burned themselves to death, hoping to attain Funchi Ojo, which is basically the way to become Buddha after death. Um, and then there's, there's like, among the people that tried to do it, they failed and did not achieve peaceful deaths. Shocking, being burnt alive. Um, <laughs> yeah, <laughs> and they, you know, remained on the earth as uh, fiery, mysterious apparitions attached to life. Um, uh, the yokai is often portrayed as a, uh, a beggar uh, bones who's engulfed by flames and smoke. Okay, and that is Kazanbo, and I was just like, ah, that is a throwback, like. Yeah. Great reference. I, I'm. I mean, I'm just a slut for supernatural yeah. references. For sure. Um, for sure. That's really cool, man. And like the I, I just like the idea that he's like, cause like they're like, if you touch it, you literally light on fire. And I'm just yeah. like, yeah, dying breath for the revenge of the Kurozumi. Let's go. I have died. I still have bitterness. I'm gonna unleash a vengeful spirit <laughs> with yes. my death. You know, it's a, a literal Pyrrhic victory right? Uh, where you defeated me, but I'm going to take you all with me kind of thing. And I'm just like, yeah, that's yeah. petty. I like that. That's a good, that's a good failing villain. <laughs> the reuse of Conjuro is like really annoying to a lot of people. I totally understand. Really? It, it kind of like falls in line with the history of One Piece though. Like, you know, annoying characters come back over and over again and kind of keep annoying you until they're finally put out or whatever. But just the sheer number of times that Conjuro has been killed and came back in this particular stretch of storytelling, I feel like has kind of um, upset a lot of people. I feel like maybe it's kind of par for the death. course for, for One Piece. And, and maybe there are examples in One Piece of, you know, an antagonistic character doing this already in the you know in a similar fashion just as many times inside of one piece i, mean, I can't really remember it kind of like um because i know that orochimaru come like uh, comes back to life after getting right. beheaded right and he survived we know That's that right. they had interaction with a hag who had supernatural magic yeah, i think orochi Kanjuro's has got training as like a ninja so like magic yeah. plus ninjutsu like i i'm surprised i'm not surprised that like he's faked his death and come back sure. over and over again he's just like yeah you thought it was the end of me you're not even in the second act yeah. <laughs> and i think i think orochi has um i think orochi has come back like the same number of times as Conjuro, even you yeah. know what i mean so you know 
No, I mean, he just got yacked on the once and then came back. No, because I think that he lost... Uh, Kaido chopped his head off. Oh, yeah, Orochi. Yeah, Orochi has come back twice from, you know, seemingly final defeats. Absolutely. But Conjuro, I'm thinking, has the same number of reappearances after defeats as Orochi is kind of the point that I'm getting at right now, right? Because it's like, Orochi's definitely been dispatched twice in drastic ways in front of us. And then Conjuro loses to Kiku, and we think he's dead right there. And then when does he lose again? Doesn't he lose, like, in the initial traitor reveal versus Kanemon and, like, mm, the retainers yeah, that are there? Yeah, he definitely gets cut down by the scabbards, right? I can't remember exactly, no. but... He yeah, flies away on the bird. Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. He flies oh, away yeah, on the he bird. The ink bird, he pulls aside. Yeah, he flies away like, on the bird. So I'm then, out. like, who originally cuts him down then? Like, somebody else besides Kiku dealt a finishing blow to Conjuro. Um, I think, I think actually, his defeat yeah. after Kiku has been faked, like, multiple times. Because Kiku cuts him down, and then we think he's dead. Then he comes back to life to kill Shutenmaru, Ashura Doji. Burger Fats, Swordsman, is what we've called him historically in this review. So then, like, he comes back and, like, fucks him up again. Then he's like, I got Shutenmaru at least. Uh. And then comes back again, like, for this situation. So I think I think only one person has legitimately cut him down, and that was Kiku. And then he just, like, has done more things in between that and him effectively bleeding out, I think, is what's going on mm -hmm. here. Yeah. But, I mean, I think like, this was, like, as he said, the last... Who knows? I mean, he could come back again, but I don't know if he'll come back again. Like final after. dance. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And I mean, like the line seemingly is... uses his life force to like paint this, and then he like thuds out as yeah. it fucking, you know. Yeah. I mean, I think that that ghost is Conjuro now at that point. Like Kazanbo is the technique, but he is using his life force. Yeah. Supernat like use the supernatural magic they got from the hag. And, like, he has become this thing. Because even Orochimaru on page 12, go light them all up, Kanjiro. Blow it all to Kingdom Come. He basically goaded and pushed and cajoled yeah. him into being, you know, the lit wick to a pile of TNT. That, sure. like, the Naruka-Okami, like, Yamato is trying to avoid that happening. And I like that the tension with uh, Apu and x drake are happening within the base so now we have like this little microcosm of potential tensions like wano to me really seems like um oh shit. a guy richie film you know oh what i mean <laughs> where there's just so many different people chasing different things and getting in each other's way and you're like this is absolute madhouse bonkers and then the dust settles and you're like Huh. <laughs> yeah. That's how it shook out. Well, real huh. quick before we move away from like the idea of Conjuro being Kazenbo at this point, you kind of have to ask a couple of questions here because we know that like your devil fruit kind of is um your devil fruit's power and potency in the moment is kind of tied to your consciousness, right? You have a mm -hmm. devil fruit ability that's active at a certain time. As soon as you knock out the person who's controlling it, that effect kind of dissipates. <clears throat> we see that inside of the birdcage with Doflamingo, for example. That was like mm -hmm. operating on its own set of rules, entirely separate seeming. 
from like his personal fight with law and then like luffy ultimately and then like as soon as he's knocked out the birdcage goes away too even though it's like kind of a separate thing so like if if conjuro is kazenbo then like are you saying that like conjuro is done out of here and the last remnants of his consciousness is existing inside of kazenbo until this ability dissipates and then you know conjuro is definitely out of there or are you saying he's still conscious using all of his power to keep kazenbo going until you know his consciousness oh, is extinguished like he's you know like I mean? astrally projecting like he's projecting outside of his body i guess that's the question that i'm asking like as, you, as far as your consciousness idea. is yeah. dying because like i could definitely see him seeing like i am like using meditation sending out my consciousness to fuel and pilot this kazenbo it's based on my life force this spell this form will only burn for as long as I'm alive is kind of what I'm taking. Yeah, 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 straight up. I didn't know yeah. if that's what you were saying or if you were saying like, yeah, yeah. like Conjuro burnt out and his body is done and then the last remaining remnants of his consciousness and will is fueling the Kazenbo right now. And I so, think it'd like, be really funny if his body's just laying there and people ignore it because it's another dead body and sure. someone just comes along and just like, is he dead? I don't know, stem just to make sure. And then Kazenbo dies. Kazenbo dies, and they're just like, "What?" Yo, chill. That's not... <laughs> I Hell mean, it's no. One Piece. I want funny yeah. deaths. Yeah, I yeah, love yeah, funny yeah. deaths. Yeah, I don't. I think like... that that would be a little bit too because they built up this Kazenbo threat, you know, like rather decently. So I don't yeah. think that they would take it down comedically. You know what I mean? I think that it's very much so just yeah. a situation where it's like, "This is my last breath." my last ditch effort the rest of my life force consciousness stamina whatever mm -hmm. is going into the fueling of kazenbo i'm laying here <clears throat> withering away like a leaf and then as soon as i lose my consciousness kazenbo is done but i'm going mm -hmm. to try to cause as much damage with kazenbo until that point is kind of how absolutely I'm i feel it. like yeah. it's a dying breath it's the death rattle right like yeah. when people have that stupid inhuman strength as they're dying mm -hmm. they're like mm -hmm. i may be dead but i'm gonna choke the life out of you yeah. son of a bitch yeah it's kind of like you know, that, that strength that you pull out of yourself when you don't care about pain you know what i mean like you talk about mm -hmm. like zombies and whatnot like george romero zombies and like how they're just you know physical shells trying to carry a virus from like one person to one person mm -hmm. because they're trying to just extend the life of the virus naturally so then inside of those individual you know like shells we have our own innate strength that we don't even tap into entirely because of pain pain stops us from grabbing mm -hmm. something as hard as we possibly can punching something as hard as we possibly can whether we're in the moment or not we just can't access all of that but zombies don't have that like personal limiter in that way because they're just you know a virus with a human shell so it can clearly just ha it can use all of its strength to get you you know what i mean and that's like a major reason of why zombies are so scary in george romero's yeah. kind of uh representation of them or rendition of them but huh yeah. um you know kazenbo just being like this ghostly fire thing and traveling through Yamato's, like, zoanthrope form is, like, that mythical white wolf. And if I recall, like, the Okami PS2 game, that white wolf has domain over fire. Oh, damn. Yeah, I think so that I might be like right. I remember Okami, too. Going, she's going to be, like, the specific reason why Kazenbo doesn't manage to blow things up. Um, 
X-Drake and Apu Apu are going to be there for the uncertainty factor, plus Cypher Pole, trying to make sure that bad things do happen. Yeah. And I feel like that's going to be a nice segue to, like, I utilize as a segue between the major fights that are I love the on. idea that everybody that's had a fight so far is going to potentially have another fight inside of Cypher Pole members before the end of this, because it's like we're anticipating the crazy 1v1 conflict between the characters that we know and love in the Straw Hats versus the opposition that is the antagonist of Wano Kuni. But, like, how do you up the stakes that much further by giving them another crazy fight right after we think they're done fighting for the arc? You know what I mean? Like, when there's multiple antagonistic Um, forces at play and we're only really focusing on, like, one area of them for, like, the major fights that our characters are going to go through, introducing, like, hey, Cypher Pull's here and you got a Rob Lucci to deal with, you've got, like, you know, whatever the Cypher Pull Zero equivalent of Kaku, Jabra, and Khalifa are that are also here, who's going to fight them? Everybody seems to be on their last legs this is pretty crazy you know it's not too outside of the realm of one piece to introduce stakes in that way you know what i mean and have its characters that seem spent from the fights that they just had have to overcome another full power hurdle to then that you know kind of um add that much to their conviction you know what i mean like zoro was fighting at like 40 percent for like all of pre-time skip you know what i mean so like we're used to this kind of situation like characters fight you know at not full capacity all the time in one piece so because that's exhausting yeah exactly and it like adds to like the what are they going to do how is this going to conclude factor of any given conflict when you know someone is fighting at like 20 30 40 percent strength moral mcnarthy in hunter hunter went into the chimera ant invasion at like 40 percent capability you know what i mean like that automatically added a layer of tension to his storytelling because you knew that you know what I mean? So if Oda's not going to kill people inside of a war, you know what I mean? Which isn't all that big of a deal. Like you look at Marine Ford, only like two real characters died and they didn't die till the very end. You know what I mean? Yeah, so yeah, like yeah. like nobody know, dying I, up until this I, point I think, isn't a big deal. You know what I mean? But still like. I think with Wano, they have such an emphasis on like the horrors of war and like the yeah. multifaceted ways that uh, any war or warlord can affect a region. Sure. Um. I think that by introducing Cypher Pull immediately afterwards, you create a different sort of game of tension, right? Like, sure. the tension is avoiding Cypher Pull, hiding within the ruins, hiding amongst the dead bodies to, like, not be noticed, and then escape when, like, attention is diverted elsewhere in the chaos as everything settles, as the smoke begins to diminish. Like, I could see a lot of tension being done that where they're like, okay, we won, we technically won, but... We're not out of the we're not out of the gates yet, you know. We still need to walk away alive, like yeah. Apu Apu. He's doing the amateur thing. He's like, let's. But he's smart. Even for an amateur, he's just like, hey man, let's get them while they're down. Cipher pulls like the professionals, working man's professional version yeah. of what Apu Apu is doing. And you also just introduced another like um, pretty interesting question about like. How this arc kind of operates versus Marine Ford. It's like Marine Ford was a location where both sides understood exactly what was about to happen to them, and all of the characters involved were all kind of working towards like the same understanding of the situation and goal, you know, for their respective factions. You have the Navy and the admirals and their foot soldiers all lined up anticipating a war from the pirate side of things, and vice versa. You bring that scale of conflict over to a story like wano and now you have to incorporate ground level civilian 
outlook inside of that faction versus faction war effort you know what i mean so there's a little bit there's wildly different storytelling that has to happen in this kind of situation versus a situation like marine ford but like there's also just so much more nuance inside of the actual action aspect of it as well because so many plot points kind of point back towards that civilian perspective inside of multiple like main stage characters that are involved here so like it Ooh. is a drastically different art to marine forward regardless of yeah. how people how the lengths that people will go to compare them and there's just a it's, lot more that you have to consider to when you're comparing sometimes. them is basically the point that i'm making yeah yeah because it's like it does to me it doesn't seem fair because i feel like wano is such a massive undertaking like it is absolutely a challenge we're even like you and i and eagle were all pretty satisfied with a lot of oda's decisions and we trust oda a lot to make up those decisions but even with like such a massive undertaking there's moments where we're just like hey where did trafalgar log get his you know awakening yeah this power. is the first and time so, in our reviews where i'm like gen generally just disappointed there's gotta be moments of slip up because sure. of just like how daunting a challenge this is to portray because of all the moving parts because of all the nuance because of just the sheer amount of characters involved like it's like you know uh i know we had a conversation a while back about um game of thrones and how people botched the ending and they rushed it and tried to compress too much in too little time oh and boy. like oda's trying to avoid that kind of problem and this is how we're seeing it actually unfold and so okay. like i I'm really impressed in spite of sometimes my straight up just confusion. Sure. I'm just oh, like, yeah, I'm overall impressed I'm entirely. Back, I'm just like, yeah. bro, what? Yeah, like, yeah, but like, I... Rainford seems so clear cut and dry in comparison. Yeah. yeah. And I just want to say that when it comes to like the overall like grand scheme of One Piece, like wildly impressive series there isn't too many complaints that i've made about it like just in general mm-hmm. as far as like raw points of like you know uncomfort or you know uninterest or just disappointment i i don't mm-hmm. have very many moments that i can speak of throughout the entire like 25-ish year run of the story you know what i mean and so like overall absolutely like oda has kind of fired on all cylinders in all the ways that matter to me throughout the course of the series this is just the first chapter that i can think of in like ever where the only thing that i really cared about or or really liked about a chapter was all the really subtle in between the lines things that like are definitely away from the major beats of the chapter storytelling mm. which i would say are the kanemon storytelling and the law and and um you know at the law and kids storytelling like those are the two major points of this chapter and like i said at the beginning the one piece is a story where there's a whole lot of moving parts in every chapter especially when when we're in a stretch of storytelling like we're in right now so is it really affecting my overall score of one piece just because i think a couple of things are like weird or like poorly put together in the last however many chapters not really wano on a week-to-week level is like the least excited if I really think about it, it's the least excited that I've been for a One Piece arc in a while. Like, or at least maybe not the least excited, because I was definitely, I'm definitely very excited about what's happening in Wano. But just the most things that I've actually sat back and gone, I don't know how I really feel about this. Like, that's happened yeah. most times in my, like, week-to-week reading of Wano. I can't wait till it's finished 
so I can like really go back like I usually do on one and piece really digest and just it. Yeah. read the whole thing on a binge, not just for the second go through, but also just to see the story unfold in ways that I don't have to wait for and just see how yeah. that kind of feels. You know what I mean? I always do that with one piece arcs, but like, yeah, I don't know, man. I'm just happy that I, you know, that we're able to kind of discuss these things in an environment that, you know, isn't like inviting toxicity like a lot of the conversations yeah. that you know surrounding one piece narrative decisions oh, kind of end it's, up it's being really right? hard to sometimes yeah. like most yeah. of the conversations about this topic is probably just gonna be like no this fucking chapter's trash fuck Oda he's garbage yeah just like 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 you yeah. know he arguing never kills about, anybody like, he's yeah. such a pussy yeah like shit like that you know what I mean like you see a lot of that kind of discourse where <laughs> it's basically labor, but won't kill off characters what a pussy yeah just <laughs> arguing about you know like whether or not it's trash and like the why kind of seems to That's get so subjective in, well, but like it's all about the why right like you're trying to get to the bottom of something and like inside of a lot of one piece discussion communities i feel like the overall purpose of the discussion gets lost to you know the personalities at hand and how aggressive they're being or just you know regular like stream argument shit that flies off the rails in ways that people couldn't possibly predict or plan for you know what i mean like it always oh, yeah. eventually just comes down to that you know famous bowl of you know top potential toxic avenues that a conversation can take that ends up just oh, sweeping yeah. the entire conversation into like a whirlwind of of like what are we really talking about at this point you know what i mean and like, has a conversation been taken out of context because right, like right 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 um one of my buddies a while back was talking shit about this kind of joke or something like that and i was like hey man i love you and i know you're joking but the people around us at this like anime convention yeah. don't know you so they yeah. can't tell if you are joking right and you're gonna piss off a lot of motherfuckers tonight if you're gonna yeah. keep up this shit like yeah. a lot of people like, lose the point of the you know the original yeah. point of the of the, of the, the arguments or the conversation that you know that they're trying to have and i feel like that makes it hard to like really view one piece you know community arguments in the light that you know you probably need to because it, at the end of the day we're we are trying to find out like the reason why oda is making these decisions we're trying to get as far inside of his head as possible and once a lot of people like come to the conclusion that they come to about why decisions are made whether there's an actual reason for it or whether you've just resigned to you know the idea that this person just doesn't know what they're doing anymore and they're just writing anything in their story regardless of what conclusion you come to people yeah. take those conclusions and assumptions and decisions as far as how they feel about the direction of the storytelling and they turn it into armor and weapons and really dig their heels in and fight to the death yeah. to defend those like... those takes and it just makes the conversation so convoluted and crazy that you don't even remember like what the argument is a lot of the time absolutely and my like, point um, is that it doesn't really happen here on this show like that and i'm thankful really for that yeah because like 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 a black clover thing they're like out mellow is going for uh alternate timeline julius all yeah. right fair enough <laughs> it's just like it's like am i gonna be proven wrong probably but yeah. like yeah i'm having fun so. okay yeah like yeah. it's about the conversation not like us dying on the hill of our initial stances yeah. i've walked a lot of hills yeah got a lot more sights to see you know i'm a rambling man let's go yeah, yeah, um yeah. man 
Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. I, I wanted to talk about The Awakening. We have to go back to The Awakening real quick. This is the last thing I have to say about the chapter. I love the application of Law's Awakening versus Kid's Awakening because as far as, like, our understanding of how Awakening kind of works inside of the series historically, at least from what I can remember, Awakening, as far as what people's, you know, perception of how it works, falls a lot more in line with the application of Kid's Awakening than Law's Awakening. And I like how Oda is showing, you know, kind of like different sides of the spectrum inside of this concept, because like the awakening of the Zoan users inside of Impel Down is like, you know, whatever. That's like always like a weird conversation. But like inside of like Doflamingo, for example, Everwhite and all of those new abilities that we saw once we knew that he was using the awakening side of his devil fruit. It's like it kind of fit inside of a certain pattern that we've been trying to kind of apply to other devil fruits that we've seen inside of the series because it's like an environmental area of effect kind of application usually you know what i mean or at least that's the conversation that i see happening a lot of the time and that makes sense for you know law who controls you know a force of nature the way that he does it makes sense to see the awakened version of this behaving very magneto-esque you know what i mean like i can choose a point in space that has you know a certain polarity attraction that makes you know things you know repel from it or you know attract towards it like that is totally that makes all the sense in the world as an environmental buff to your power and then law for example is a very personal localized application of the extension of his devil yes. fruits concept i love the anesthesia yes dude like it's that just so, so cool, cool seeing them back to back like that you're muted yeah, sorry, I was blowing my nose. It's the antithesis yeah. of the actual Devil Fruits functionality where, like, right. kids is largely AoE-based. Mm -hmm. I don't know, it's... Both of their abilities really are largely AoE-based. Right. So the Awakening application is more singularity as yeah. opposed to... Concentrated, An yeah. ability like Doflamingo's where it's, like, the Awakening is AoE-based as opposed to the actual abilities of the devil fruit being more concentrated. Sure. This is the opposite of that. Like you see, I've like always wondered what laws awakening could be based on the fact that his, his abilities ability is already, already like, like really such a AOE. huge area yeah. of effect. Right. And so it makes sense that it's localized pinpoint yeah. Yeah. internal damage, even more so than like gamma knife uh, or something. Counter, gamma knife counter yeah. shock. Yeah. 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 yeah, yeah. And then I, I love the anesthesia ghost blade thing. That's yeah. so cool. Like, and also really fucking funny because he hits Big Mom with an electrified wet willy with a sword. Yeah. <laughs> but no, He's dude, like, like going back to like what you were saying about Kid though, Eagle, like Kid, I feel like as far as like what we've seen as uh, for the capabilities of his power has always been kind of um, related to himself. You know, yeah. mag magnetism in relation to him and where he is on the battlefield. Things attract towards him and he makes yep. things come, you know what I mean? So his awakening being things that can apply, you know, that magnetic effect to external factors makes a lot of sense, you know, for yep. him as far as like an opposite effect. Like you were saying with Law, having, you know, dominion <clears throat> over a giant area of effect and then his awakening being the opposite in regard to localizing it that just makes all the sense in the world so i'm glad that you kind of like broke it down like that yeah no yeah. i like that a lot and it's just a cool thing where it's just like 
you're you're magnetic now. That's your problem. I'm out. Yeah. Terrain does the work. Yeah. So good. I'm excited to see what kind of damage that this did to Big Mom, right? Because like we know that Law's shit was drastic because it's internal damage. She's bleeding from the mouth. We've never seen Big Mom like look like she's taken this much damage before really so like that's major for law but like what did kid really do because like even though he's like assigning you know a magnetic force around big mom or inside of big mom that's attracting all of this metal and debris to her it's like what is that really doing like that's entirely external and her durability should just deal with that no problem i want to say i mean like did, yeah, did, now she's got to drag around a bunch of metal and yes shit. now yes. she yeah and okay so that okay so so yes. law is actually doing damage and kid is just slowing her Impairing momentum her, yeah. Yeah. Her. now she's magnetically cool. attached to all these heavy yeah. ass beams and she's like yeah, that's cool and, you know yeah. she's strong yeah, yeah. Spirits yeah are that's magnetized cool to her too because they're like hey i'm attached to big mom She's because she does. Oh, that Napoleon Napoleon. said that, but Napoleon, <laughs> Napoleon is a spirit I'm... inside of a, like a physically like metal thing, though. Yeah. So like, if still, we saw like, like every yeah. Oh wait a minute, hold on, because in that panel, does it look like Prometheus is like squished against her? Yeah, I think that both her. Oh wow. Her, so her mobility is cut to death is prometheus strong enough to lug around big mom and all those motherfucking beings oh wow i don't know dude that's crazy if like non-metal like things are also being attracted to yeah them. i didn't even or like think about it's that. an extension of oneself he made big mom oh. and her entirety magnetic and so her power being part of herself, because she shares her soul her, like, with her homies. So it's all her. Yo. But also, I think it'd be really funny if Prometheus got skewered by a bunch of steel beams. But that's a little dark. But I'm it's one piece. So like, it uh, no, they look like no. that also in the shock. Ow, you bitch. Oh, <laughs> they look like that in the... They look like that also in the shock Willet panel. Did you cat use steel beams on you? She fucking got my thigh, man. Uh, Magnetized with claws. Yeah. She, so they look like this in the Chocolat panel also. What page? Kind of like squished. Top 16. Top of six. This is a double spread, but top okay. right panel on 16 and 17. The Chocolat panel. Where he I hits feel like it's a combo ability. attack. They did it at the same time. You know, like oh, oh yeah, 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 yeah. I see it. I see it. Yeah. Yeah, yeah the sword willy. Okay. Well, shock Willy and boom. Um, oh, no, no, no. Think... Yeah, that's the Shock Willy effect. Shock Willy. Right? On the bottom of, of, yeah. of 16, when we're like wondering if. Where, why know, they're all smushed like that. Why they're all smushed like that. I think, I think it's just a reverberation of the soul damage, quote unquote, I guess is what I'll say. Mm. That, that, that Law's, you know, awakened fruit is having on the essence of big mom like internally including I, where her soul stretches to, i thought it was I both maybe yeah it could it be both, both could be because, both like, because you can see kid oh, yeah in the foreground of that shock willy yeah where they're right. going, and he's like like the shock is going out and then he's already assigning yeah, that's that right. magnetism that's right. so they're they're even though they're exploding they're not going apart or anything if the explosion's oh, contained sure. by its own magnetism that's yeah yeah that's cool that's cool like that's that's how i read it um 
But that's really, really cool. fun stuff. Yeah, I don't know. That's that's like I cannot wait for the next chapter of One Piece. Is it on break? Does it say? Or is there no break in between this chapter and the next chapter? I'm not sure. Um, I really want to see if they stay on chapter... this. Yeah, if they stay on this perspective, I'm like super excited for the for the next new chapter coming in six days. Okay. Yep. Yep. Nice. Yep. All right. Bet. But that's why I want to like like you said earlier. I don't like judging arcs until they're done, because sure. there's been like like there was points where I was just like. There's just been arcs where I'm just like, I don't even know. Like, the Cake Island thing, I was just like, I, I don't even know, bro. Like, there's yeah. a lot of stuff. But like, yeah. um, when Caesar was introduced, or, um, or like, Impel Down, I was like, okay, what's, what, where is this yeah. arc going, right. right? And I was like, I, I feel like there's a lot of action going on. It's cool, but it wasn't satisfying to me until, like, until it Impel Down wrapped up, yeah. right? I was like, and then it was like, oh, as a whole, this is actually quite moving like and it comes down to your trust in the author right because it's like yeah. it's like week to week criticism it's just as valid as like binge criticism you know what i mean because it's like at the yeah. end of the day like sure it's gonna feel better if you analyze something when you have the full scope and the full picture of it because then you can go through and say like anything that feels weird over here is fixed up over here by the end of the arc potentially you can do things like that like you can look at yeah, the whole but how thing you get there too yeah yeah really you can yeah you can look at the whole picture and then decide on things and it feels a lot better but like week to week is the quickest that we can get this so what are we supposed to do okay. just not have any issues ever until hey, the arc we're is over do a one piece like, video in like yeah, six like, months with this arc <laughs> yeah you know it's it's it, you just you just you just you know look at the content that you have in front of you assume the things you're going to assume about it analyze it the way you're going to analyze it come to the conclusions that you're going to come to and then you're either the kind of person that will make the statements that you make and then come back later and go i was mistaken we have new yeah. information that made this take invalid so i take that back you're either that kind of person or you're the kind of person that'll never address it again and try to sweep it under the rug this is my hill i'm gonna yeah, die like on and hopefully you won't find this hill there are plenty of you know people that i've seen go this shit is ass and there's nothing that the writer can do to fix it and then like they totally fix it like I, 15 chapters later like and then like, like you, just, you know, they just never go back and say like oops my bad like i jumped the gun you know what i mean like like you're either the kind of person that will do that or the kind of person that won't but regardless of what kind of person you are week to week criticism and bin criticism is equally valid in my opinion so yeah Man. yeah i don't know but that's all i had for one piece this week i think man we've been in wano for so long <laughs> one we've been in wano for 120 chapters two years that's insane oh man that's insane i've wow yeah, nine ten was the first chapter when they got to the waterfall we have been in wano since before we started this show period that's wild yeah like we that's why we were already <laughs> we were already multiple chapters into wano before project mongo was officially formed Oh my god, yeah, <laughs> seriously. Yeah. I think Wano's been going on for about as long as I've known you guys. Yeah, and we're um we're coming up on our 100th weekly Shonen Jump review. Like, yeah. in the yeah. next, like, one to three reviews, we will have done our 100th weekly Shonen Jump issue talk. 
right? So that's... Well, it was about 20 chapters in, something like that. Yeah, 20, so... 25. Yeah, that span of time is already, like, just two years by itself, basically. Yeah. Yeah, so it's like... Yeah. Damn. That's crazy. Damn, that's wild. I... Yeah. I went to school for yeah, things the, shorter than the yeah. One. Yeah, for <laughs> real, for real. Wow, wow. Oh yeah, man. I think that's about all I had for, for a shorter amount of time, time, and that was like two years. Yeah, right. Yeah. For the straight shot, and I was like, "What the?" Yeah. But yeah, I'm good. I'm good on One Piece. Yeah, well, yeah. Take us in. I think that'll do it. Thank you all so much for watching. If you did, be sure to slap a like on this video. Like I said before. Be sure to slap a sub on the motherfucking channel. Like I said before, we release fire content week to week. And as we said before, go ahead and take a look in that description box down below where you can find links to any and all of our individual social media accounts such as Twitter, online communities such as Discord, places to listen to the podcast wherever you normally would, as well as links to support the podcast through our Patreon or our online store. And uh, with all those words said, this will be another incredible episode of the Project Manga Podcast. Wrapping up, I'm your host, Eagle. Knox. Bella Yenis. Peace!